thecoalition.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to our Avengers Endgame uh, spoiler review discussion thingy that we're doing. So, um, you know, everyone probably knows by now, but, you know, Avengers Endgame opened with $1.2 billion, like, at, you know, at the box office, which is crazy, um, is breaking all sorts of records at the moment. And, you know, I'm sure... Like, I'll be surprised, actually, if there's anyone in the world who hasn't seen it yet. Uh, we actually have someone like that here today. But, yeah, um, Avengers Endgame. Um, I'm here. We, we actually assembled uh, an Avengers team of our own to, to do this show. So I'm here with a lot of people right now. Uh, of course, I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, uh, listeners and viewers? <laughs> Right, right, and we're also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? Hey, I'm doing fine. Good, good. We're here with uh, Mr. Tony Polanco. Yo, yo, what's going on? What's going on? What's going zones? And we're here with my dude, Carlos Romero. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? We got Reggie. What's up, Reggie? Avengers Assemble. We got Austin. How you so doing, you, Austin? How you doing? It's been a while. Likewise. And we've got Mr. Robert Workman. How you doing, Robert? I am. I am inevitable. Awesome. So, yeah, yep. that, that's that's the whole cast right there. Uh, there's a lot of plot details to, to get into. But um, firstly, I'm just going to go around the board and see, you know, what everyone's initial uh, thoughts and feelings are about Avengers Endgame. Um, and I'm going to go to you first, Austin, because uh, when you said you wanted to be on this show, I had, I had no idea that you hadn't even seen the film. So I'm wondering, why are you here right now? Why aren't you at the cinema watching Endgame right now? Like, what's up, Austin? Well, I'm going to hit you up with this. Uh, buddy of mine who shall remain nameless, is a boom-up. Um, and he is good friends with special effects houses. So I knew about Steve Rogers going back in time in October of last year. When you're in the industry, people talk about scenes, and, and I know NDAs seem uh, airtight, but I had an idea of, you know, this guy gave me a two-hour breakdown of what happened back in November, so... I was spoiled quite some time ago. I will catch it when work finally uh, eases up a bit. But yeah, I was uh, I was in the know for a bit. It was it it turned out to be right, and 
and it sounds like it's pretty compelling. Okay, so my man Austin, he's connected. Um, you're, you're still out there in LA, right? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, I know you were doing a lot of uh, film stuff, you know, with your studies and everything. So I guess you get a lot of like insider gossip. But um, so you do know that we're about to blow this movie wide open and talk about everything, right? Absolutely. Okay, and you're okay with that? Yes, sir. Like I said, I heard all the deeds back in October. I know what went down. Okay. I feel like we're about to explain, like, is Santa Claus real to an eight-year-old? That's <laughs> not what I feel like right now. I don't know. <laughs> you better sit down for this. This is going to be some heavy shit. This is going to hit you like a load of bricks. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess, you know, uh, you'll have that perspective from, you know, someone who hasn't actually seen it yet. So maybe you can, you know throughout some uh, questions here and there, you know, just while we're talking about the different plot points and stuff. But, um, yeah, good to have you here anyway. But, um, Mr. Carlos Romero, what were your initial thoughts about Avengers Endgame? How many times have you seen it? And, you know, just, just let us know what you, you're, you're feeling right now. Yo, I've only seen this movie once, unfortunately. I've been wanting to see it more, at least three times before the weekend was over, but... I am a faithful uh, person to Alamo Drafthouse, and all of those tickets were sold out for the whole weekend in my area. So I've only seen it once, and yeah, my general thoughts is this movie came up with a lot of hype. It's probably the the hypest movie to ever come out in the history of cinema, and it lived up to all the expectations. It's all it's crazy how the culmination of of all these films, I think twenty two films, led up to this point. This is definitely a great closer, a great series finale, maybe season finale. It's 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 the close of a chapter, and it's man, it's it's sort of emotional just thinking about it with all these characters that you've that you spent with the past couple of years, a freaking decade, and and yeah, man, the action, the story, that had surprises, it had a lot of fan service, and well. Well used fan service, not fan service, not cheap fan service where they use it to just just get a random reaction from people. But it was fan service that was used right. It was well deserved, and uh, yeah, I love this movie, man. Right, right. Um, so, like, uh, do you, would you say that um, this movie? Because I've seen this has been like a a, a topic of a discussion for me uh since you know the, since i saw torrents tweet this actually but do you think this film is is better than infinity war because infinity war was kind of that peak you know um so does, does yeah. this movie top it for you i think so um i think there are two completely different movies um infinity war was more of a cohesive sort of film it was it was just straight to the point um uh this movie was just something different and i'm and i'm glad that they didn't make this infinity war part two because it really isn't this is just something that stands alone within that whole avengers storyline and yeah I, I i definitely have this ahead of it i mean this made me more emotional i think it had the most epic fight scene i've ever seen um in movies i think and yeah, the just the I, there was just more payoff for the characters that I, that I was attached to. 
So yeah, I definitely, I definitely think uh, Endgame is better than Infinity War. By how much? I'm still not sure. I still need more time to digest it. It's only been a couple of days, um, but only time will tell. And so far, maybe I'm just still in that emotion of Endgame, and then the hype of Endgame that that puts that over the top over Infinity War, and that might change. But just at this moment, the Sunday after the movie came out, this is just how I'm feeling right now. Okay, cool, interesting. So, uh, how about you, Reggie? How many times have you seen it? What's your initial thoughts? I mean, you were about to cry a minute ago, so I mean. I gotta hear this. Like, <laughs> um, well, uh, the movie is definitely um, an excellent movie. Um, just in the days after watching it, you know, I was uh, talking to Rich and, um, and Tony as we always do in our um, DMs off the Twitter streets. <laughs> but uh, you know, as a kid growing up, um, in 1986, the movie had came out. Right, I was six years old at the time, and. Um, I didn't see the movie until years later. And um hold on one sec, let me comment put my thoughts together. And uh I I wouldn't know the levity of those words until I seen the movie and then now seeing having grown up watch watching the Avengers movie, right? Um from beginning to end. And there's some lyrics in the song that goes, uh where is it at? Something's evil watching over you, coming from the skies above, and there's nothing we can do. If you know the first lines of those songs or that those lyrics, this one transforms the animated movie dropped in 1986. And I say that to say this: uh, when you, to me, when I think about it, right? Like I said, I, I never understood the levity of the words. Everybody knows that Optimus Prime ultimately died in the movie. Although he did come back, um, but living through this, having lived through the generation of Star Wars, and you know, when I was twenty eight, when uh, when first Iron Man came out, and I'm thirty eight years old, right? And having gone through all these movies and, and getting to this point, to Endgame, just really, uh, it did something to me. It did something to my core because I felt like, even though we know the, the characters aren't real. Uh, you felt like they were part of your family, part of your life, man, and you know, it's just it's just amazing, man. Like I can't really describe it; I can't really put it into words. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into details because it's just a spoiler cast. But um, I, like I told Tony and Rich, man, it's already final. Uh, Endgame is uh, has taken the number one spot for me and my ranking from Captain America: Civil War. Hands down. There is no, I mean, not Civil War, um, Winter Soldier. There is, there is no, it, they set, they set, the Russo, the Russo brothers, they set a new bar in my opinion, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, going into it, I knew things were going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to be, I didn't know it was going to wreck me like I did, man. Like, it, it wrecked, I didn't know the movie was going to wreck me like I, like, you know, like that. It, it was, it's, 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 if you haven't seen it, go see it. Like, you know, what I'm saying it's it's awesome. That's that's deep. That's, that's, that's deep. deep. Um. So, how about you, Robert? 
but what's your you know initial thoughts after seeing Endgame? Well, I've only seen it once so far. I saw it in IMAX Thursday night. Uh, I am trying to go later tonight after I do that stuff with Game of Thrones and hockey. Um, my analogy is like this. Last year's Infinity War was definitely an epic piece, but it felt like this generation's The Empire Strikes Back. It painted this picture of evil winning. Because, like, you know, when that last frame was on Thanos there, we did not expect, like, that bomb to be dropped on us. We wanted, like, some sense of hope, and we did get that with the post-credits. But, like, you know, when that happened, a lot of people were thrown for a loop. And with that, um, this year's Endgame feels like, I want to say Return of the Jedi, but to me, it's more on the level of, like, Return of the King, the Lord of the Rings finale there. And that is because of its epic scale. Not only does it bring everything to a satisfying close, but it does so in the best way possible. I mean, I probably can only think of like one or two minor quibbles about how the movie came across with like certain people. But other than that, like, you know, the writers, the the directors, the actors, everybody just came together and, you know, the special effects are amazing. And it all just really tied together like a bunch of different things from different movies. It brought things back full circle with certain mentions, with certain things from the comics. You know, it it's the kind of depth of filmmaking that we really don't see much of anymore, like done on such an epic scale. Like, you know, Kevin Feige, whatever he gets paid to do this producing stuff, he just earned it big time. I mean, this was an incredible buildup over 11 years time. And the, the movie is just won me over big time i can't wait to see it again and you know on in imax or wherever i go to see it. i'll even go to the draft house now because i don't have to worry about holding it to go to the bathroom anymore thank god but <laughs> um i i just really feel like this is the payoff that a lot of marvel fans have been patiently waiting for and there's something here for everybody um you know like i feel bad like i said we're gonna spoil it for austin here because really there's there's only one way to experience it, and that is on the big screen. That's the way to go. You know, I, I've talked to a couple of friends who are afraid to see it because they're afraid to see how everything goes down. And you're like, oh, spoil it, spoil it. And like, I loved when Deadpool showed up. And of course, it's fake, but whatever. I just think seeing it on the big screen, that's the experience. And I think it's something that a lot of people should take in because this is one of those movies. I, I think the only time I really felt like this in terms of epic scale was when 2012's uh, Marvel's The Avengers opened. Because it was also a film worth experiencing on the big screen. I mean, you could watch it on TV at home, sure. But I think seeing that kind of epic scale, seeing how everything started to come together with the picture, and then, you know, coming seven years later, back to Endgame, and how it's in even bigger stakes, and how it's even bigger conclusion, and how everything is way bigger. It, it's just really something. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to see it again. It, it's a phenomenal film. It's my favorite Marvel film to date, and it's going to take a lot to top it. Yo, man, there's only there's only two places you you can never watch this movie, and that's that's on the big screen, and on Hip Hop Gamers TV. <laughs> you know, check out the stands. Yeah, check out what he does here, dog. Look at that. Shouts to Hip Hop Game One, man. But, uh, yeah, well, well said, Robert. Um, uh, so, uh, Dana, you were like the first among us to to see Endgame. Um, so, like, definitely let us know, you know, what your experience was like and what you thought after seeing the movie. Yeah, I saw Endgame a while ago, and I have to, again, thank Rich for that, because that wouldn't have been possible without him. Um, here's the thing. I went through a whole roller coaster of emotions where I overthink things. And you know how you look into something and think that this is going to happen or something else is going to happen? 
and there's all these like theories and clues and things that you're looking for and expecting and then it didn't have it didn't have any of that so i was kind of like confused and slightly deflated but then i sat back and i realized this is again like the previous movie this is the avengers story this isn't Doctor Strange's story or Spider-Man or anyone who else who's stuck in the Soul Stone story. This is the Avengers. And once I realized that, I thought it was literally the best way to book in their entire series going back from the first Infinity, not the first Infinity, sorry, the first Avengers and going back to Iron Man. I thought that this was a movie that showed so much growth and progression of Iron Man's character. And because of that, I appreciated it so much more. Unlike you guys, I don't think it was perfect. I'm not, you know, hysterically crying over it. I've seen it once. I'll see it again when it comes on Disney+. Plus. Um, But I thought it was very beautifully made, beautifully shot, the acting was, you know, they did what they did with the acting, but that last battle scene was really just so superb. And I loved every little aspect of it. And I that's the one thing, if I did go to see it in the theater, which I won't, I don't want to just see that battle scene again, because I feel that there were so many different moving parts that you would miss certain things. And I just truly felt that they outdid themselves. And I look forward to what's going to come later on. But I, I just feel that this was just a great way for that, the phase, what are we, phase four? And well, no, it doesn't end until like Far From Home is phase four, but like phase three. phase three. So it's it's not the end of phase three because we still have Spider-Man, but it's just a perfect way to end the Avengers story. So... Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So how about you, Tony? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, like, basically these movies to me are like seeing, you know, comic books in real form. You know, I, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I grew up with the, with the comics first, right? So, and those always have these long interconnected storylines that take years to pay off and stuff. So it was very interesting. And I'm going back to the original, like, Avengers scene, like, five movies that all culminate in one. You've never seen anything like that. But obviously, if you've been reading the books, you, you see that shit all the time. You know, so this was pretty much a culmination of all these 22 movies. Very like they, they pulled it off so well. And it's kind of interesting how, you know, all these other Hollywood movies are trying to, you know, try to jump on that bandwagon, that Marvel, you know, magic or whatever. And they can never nail it right because they try to rush it. Marvel Studios, they always took their sweet time. And, you know, just the, because of the fact that it took so long to get there. It's really satisfying. You can't just make a movie like this as a one solid movie. You you need to have that entire experience. You need to see all those movies in order to really grasp it. And I really think they pulled it off. I really think this movie, and you know, I know some people are out there comparing this to Infinity War. I kind of I see it differently. To me, Infinity War and Endgame are the same movie, just split in two. It's the same exact movie. Just, you know, it's like watching the Fellowship of the Ring and then you watch Two Towers. It's still the same movie, you know what I'm saying? Uh so that's how I'm kind of seeing it. Even though I did enjoy i guess more of the scenes in endgame just because there was so much you know fans there was so much callback to all these movies again if you've been 
watching them since the beginning, you see all those references and you see how they tie it all together. I, I just love the the second act where they go back in time and you get to see all these scenes from the other movies from different perspectives. That was great. And you could see all these character moments that, again, they've been building up forever and you get to see them pull it off, man. It, it's it's so good. But it, the only complaint I have about this movie, and it's going to sound crazy because the movie's three hours, I wish it was longer. I left that theater. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that was it. Like, mm -hmm. I need more. Give me another two or three hours here, bro. Like, like it, it was like that's the only complaint I have because I wanted some more characters to get a little bit more shine, like Star Lord or whatever. Like, yo, come on, we got to get a little slum here. Because as far as I'm concerned, this may sound a little wacky too. To me, this is like the final MCU movie. I know there's more coming. I understand, but to me, this is the final one. This, like everything that comes after this, you cannot even compare it. And if this would theoretically be the final one i think that's a hell of a way to have a send-off man this may possibly not you know i mean obviously there's better movies out there but this may be like the greatest like genre movie of all time it's fantastic but again when i say that i'm also including infinity war because they're really one film together fucking awesome i loved it yo man yo tony how this is how i feel about about this section of of the of the mcu it's like it's like the original uh star wars trilogy you know, like there's there's prequels and there's sequels, but that that the original three, it's like those those are like what you gravitate to, and like you don't know if the if the next couple of MCU movies are going to be great or not. But we have this to fall upon, and and they just ended it like amazingly. Yeah, you're right. Like no matter what happens, it, you know, if theoretically speaking, they fuck it up. We'll mm -hmm. always have this. We'll always have this. This like yeah, obviously it's not perfect. No movie's perfect, but this quote unquote perfect thing. This is fantastic. I don't think anything in even cinema period is ever going to be able to top this. This is incredible. But who knows? Maybe in twenty years we'll see something. But right now, nothing's touching the shit. Like I, I know it sounds stupid to say it because even I don't like saying it. But yeah, it, it is kind of like this generation Star Wars, which is interesting because I was around when actual Star Wars was the thing. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of kind of crazy, Same. man. You know. All right. Um. Yeah. That that's all I had to say about that. All right, cool, cool. And Mr. Richard Bailey, how about you? Well, I, I'm pretty much going to echo a lot of what was already said from everybody else. I thought the film was excellent. Um, I very much enjoyed the callbacks. And I have to give a shout-out to Mr. Tony Polanco because he reminded me that's what the word was when I was trying to think of a way to articulate what I enjoyed about it. Um, but, yeah, the, the callbacks were great. Uh, I do agree with the statement that was made that um, it's going to be hard to make another MCU film that tops this because this was an event that they were building for 11 years. Um, so I did think it was the perfect way to end the Avengers storyline. You know, depending on whatever they do next, it's, I'm interested in seeing what they do next. But um, yeah, this was an excellent way to end everything in terms of some characters' uh, stories, it felt like it was, this is a final goodbye to those characters, and then others, you know, still some lingering questions, which I'm assuming we're going to also get into when we start to talk about a few other questions, but uh, overall, I thought the film was excellent. Uh, I have seen it one time. I did see it in the uh, Dolby cinema, so that added a little bit more to, like, the sound and the environment, that type of thing. It was great, but I'm definitely going to see it again when I get a chance. All right, cool. Yeah, um, I also definitely want to see it again. Um, I actually, you know, went to my first midnight viewing um, when, you know, the, the night it came out. 
and I went all the way to the O2 Arena, you know, in London to, to, to see it. And, you know, I've never done that before. And, you know, it took me hours to get home afterward. But I would say that this was the one movie to ever come out that that is completely worth that experience for me. And I'll probably never, ever go to a midnight viewing at the O2 again, uh, just because it is a lot of hassle. But for this, for Endgame, it was definitely worth it. Um, I loved the movie. Um, I'm a big Captain America fan, so um, he has a lot of moments in the film that, you know, I was happy to see. Um, even the, the Hell Hydra moment, which, you know, if, if, if you've kept up with the comics, uh, there was like a big controversy about that when he joined Hydra. And I like the fact that they, you know, they did like a, a throwback to Winter Soldier in the elevator scene. And, you know, he, he dropped the Hell Hydra there. Like, it just, it was just amazing how they put that in there. Um, and then, you know, of course, the moment where he he wields Thor's hammer. Like, the, the cinema exploded at that moment. Like, everyone went crazy. Like, everyone went nuts. And I was one of them. And I barely react to movies ever. But that moment was just so epic. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I, I love the film. There's lots of great moments throughout. And usually I don't like uh, time travel in movies because I feel like um, time travel is something that opens up a lot of uh, potential plot holes and, um, you know, uh, alternate alternate theories and things like that. So I don't like time travel in stories, but um, I think they did a great job of it. And it didn't actually take up the whole film. Like, I felt like there was a good portion of before the time travel and after the time travel. So um, I think they did a great job of it. I do have a lot of questions about that still, but, um, but yeah, uh, it's, I think they did a great job and um, they tied up everything. And in terms of, you know, infinity war and Endgame, uh what I think is great about Endgame is I don't think it just ties up everything in, in infinity sorry in infinity war um because they really could have just you know linked linked it to that movie only and wrapped up everything that happened in infinity war but i feel like they had callbacks to you know all the previous movies pretty much like there was some sort of reference to all the older movies we saw a lot of uh scenes where they go back to previous movies and things like that so that's what i really enjoyed about the movie like like what what tony was saying earlier like if you haven't kept up with a lot of the films, you're you're not gonna um, it's not gonna be as rewarding for you, like because there's things that you'll only catch if you've seen all of those films. So I think they did a great job of that for rewarding people for sticking by all of the films. So yeah, I, I really loved Endgame, um, and I mean I can't say it's my favorite. Um, you know, MCU movie just yet. I really want to see it again, but it's definitely up there. Like it's 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 an event. You know, it's it's a moment in time. So uh, that's my thoughts on Endgame. So um, let's get to talking about some of the plot details. Um, so the way this is going to work, because there's so many of us, is you know I'm going to throw out questions, and you know. Um, somebody can respond and if multiple people start, start talking or responding to the question then i'm going to pick someone to to answer at that point um and yeah we're just gonna you know get into the nitty-gritty of the film basically so 
um, I spoke about time travel just now. So I wanted to ask you guys, you know, and, and anyone with something to say is free to answer and, you know, I'll pick someone. Uh, but what did you guys actually think about the time travel element and how it was used in this movie? Like, honestly. So, hmm. Let's see. Well, in regards to the time travel element, I mean, I'm sure there are going to be these people who argue about quantum physics or whatnot. But what you have to understand is this is fantasy. And yet they played around with it really nicely. You know, like they made references, you know, like at one point Ant-Man said, wait, so Back to the Future was you know, bullshit. You know, the, the, it got to the point where they actually did some questioning there. So it, it was neat to have that element instead of saying, OK, yeah, this is going to work and everything. But no, I mean, there was like certain doubts, you know, during experimentation. We saw that, like, you know, we saw Ant-Man go from like an old man to a baby back to barely his own age. You know, so it they played around with different aspects of it. So I kind of like what they did with that there. Um, if anything, there's really the question of physics, because. At one point, like, you know, you got Nebula. Well, the Nebula from 2014, she brings this gigantic warship going through a time portal and just crashing through the roof. And, you know, I'm sure some people will argue, well, I don't know if you could transport something that big through, like, a small time tunnel. But, you know, again, it's all based on fantasy. I think the time travel aspects were handled really well. I thought some of the humor was really great. I like the term time heist. I think it's pretty cool. The only thing I regret is that Luis was not around to break it down for us. Yo, I think man. that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with you with that. I, I think Luis should have been like, okay, so here's what we're going to do, dog. We're going to travel back in time. We're going to, you know, do something <laughs> like that. I think that would have been great, but oh well. I mean, I, I, I like how the approach went down. There's probably questioning some of the things, like some of the effects it'll have, but by the same token, it also opens up possibilities for where the MCU goes from here. Because, you know, anybody can play around with the time aspect now, it could be a part of the story. And it could really have an interesting effect on future events. So I, I like how it went down. I, I I personally think it was a way to really leave doors open. Because um, they there is a series with Loki on its way. And for all we know, it could be a 2012 Loki. It could be... Um, it, it allocates the ability to bring certain characters back who are dead um, without undoing the events of this film and respect of other films. And I think, uh, I think it's a good franchise move. I agree. Um, so on, uh, <clears throat> the, um, uh, time travel aspect, I liked it. Uh, I thought that they were able to, um, break it down in a way that it, it not only made sense to the, uh, characters in, uh, the story, but it made sense to the audience as well because they did, do, you know, they gave a shout out to the Spielberg movies, um, you know, uh, Back to the Future, mainly Back to the Future 2, right? Because the movie has some parallels um, with the way that they did the time highs. That's That was the inspiration for how they did things throughout the movie. Um, so, you know, I, I thought I thought they played it, uh, I, I thought it was really good. I didn't necessarily know how they, how they were going to do it, but, um, uh, I thought that things played out really good. Uh, uh, yeah. Now, as far as I'm bringing the ship, when Nebula had brought the ship back through the um, the uh, the portal, you got to remember um, right when it, when they first initially did the time travel. Now, if people didn't catch it, um, I believe Rocket Raccoon, when he gave his ship to uh, what's the name to um, Ronan, aka Hawkeye. 
you know, he they needed the time trap to, to travel to where they needed to go because they were going in outer space, right? So I felt like, okay, that almost kind of foreshadowed what was going to happen when Nebula came back with the ship because it's kind of like they trained you, okay, you've seen this, and then we're going it's going to happen again, but it's going to be different with, with a whole nother, whole nother aspect to it. So, yeah, I thought I thought it worked out really good. And the fact that, uh, you know, I said, okay, they can't go, they can't go through time without something bad happening. And when Thanos found out, oh my God, I was like, yo, it's about to go down. It's about to go down, like for real. So, yeah, that it was freaking amazing, man. Like, just ah, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one question I, I had. Uh, sorry, could you unmute your mic, Reggie? It's just a bit of echo. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, one question I had about the time travel is, um, like, I feel like at sometimes some points that they were being a bit selective, like, um, because it seems like throughout the early parts of the film that whatever changes in the past doesn't actually change the future so like if something happens to the past versions of a character it doesn't affect the future version uh but then you know with the nebula thing um it works differently like you know because I, I i don't know i guess like her mind is linked or something but i i just found that peculiar that that is you know that the past version and the future version change together um, so did anyone else have like an issue or a thought about that? Well, the whole Nebula thing, I think it was just more of the proximity issue. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they were using the same fucking Wi-Fi for their, for their <laughs> brains to teleport or whatever. So yeah, it, that's I, think, how I saw it too. Yeah. The only, the only part one, I mean, there's, you can pluck holes left and right to, to their, to this, uh, to this time travel thing because, and, 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 and rightly so, like at the end of the day, this isn't a sci-fi movie. So, it's, it's just we're going to agree to the confines of the structure of how this time traveling aspect is going to work in this universe. And the, the, one, the one thing that, that did um, make me just question it a little bit is the whole thing with uh, Captain America, old Captain America, and knowing that he decided to travel to the past to live out his whole life. Yeah. But then how did he ever come back? It's like... Did did he did he use a time machine to go to the future to that specific point or because it, they made it clear when you go to the past you're not going to your past you're going to a different past like it, it's a different strand of time and whatever you affect there it's it's going to be its own timeline so that's that's the part that that got me thinking hmm that doesn't really make sense to me yeah, I think cause, cause with the idea the case, oh, sorry oh. No, I was just going to say, because the, the way you, like, what happened with the old Captain America at the end, that would mean that there was two Steve Rogers existing in the same world, right? At the same time, because... Oh, yeah, there's exactly. two. Everyone. I think, like, Cap gets enough fill of himself with the fight scene over the spear in, in the in, during the time <laughs> heist. So I think he just realizes that it's best if he just stays out of the way and then subtly makes his entrance so he can give the shield to Sam and just be done with it. Yeah, I, to me, like, I, I've gotten to the point where I just don't 
worry about time travel anymore because I've never mm-hmm. seen any movies that really do it. Ironically enough, uh, one of the few movies that did do it right, they made fun of in this one, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That actually does time travel correctly. But yep. like, even I love Back to the Future. That time travel is all fucked up. I love Terminator. That time travel is all fucked up. The time travel in this movie is all fucked up. So I kind of just just go with it because it's it's just too you're it's like they, they set the rules up and then they break them with certain characters like captain america um i don't i don't even think nebula is breaking it though because it was kind of like the wi-fi just got mixed up but yeah that's kind of weird because the way they position is like if you go back in time and change something you don't affect your present you just create an alternate timeline that's why captain america went back in time to put the stones back so none of those other timelines get created but he stayed back. So there should be another Steve Rogers in the past. So again, I'm like, okay, Tony, just check out. Don't even worry about that. Cause time travel in general in fiction is, is o- like almost always done wrong. You know? Yeah. Not to mention the fact like when 2014's Nebula dies, 2018's Nebula stays in place. Like in any other, you know, something like Looper or whatever, we yeah. would have seen that 2018 version vanish, but she didn't. She stayed put because they were on the alternate timeline. I mean, and we're really going to question reality in a film like this. Just remember, okay, like Paul Rudd grew 10 times in size and punched a Chichari vessel. So let, let's not really <laughs> let yeah, realism yeah. get in the way. Yeah. This is superhero fantasy. No, so, yeah, my, my thing is, it's not really about realism. It's just sticking to your own rules. And I think they kind of broke them a little bit. Like, yeah. obviously all this shit is made up but if you're going to set rules you need to stick by them and they kind of played a little loose with it at times you know yeah i agree yeah and then, and the whole the whole concept of of paradox just goes out of the out of the window on uh, with this time traveling story so like when when um captain america goes to de- like he goes to deliver the the time the the stones back in the past right so it's like those three separate paths but then he decides to go even further in the past to live his life so it's yeah. like, it, it's just like, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is used for convenience sake. And like Tony mentioned, this, this story doesn't really, you shouldn't take its, its science fiction aspects that seriously, because at the end of the day, this is more of a fantasy film than anything. Well, so, it's yeah. a superhero film, which always plays loose with that type of shit anyway. You know, it just mixes up everything, fantasy and, and um, you know, sci-fi and all that, you know. And yeah. again, reading the comics, I'm like, yep, comics do that same type of shit, you know, so it kind of makes yeah. sense. But I do think that they're, they're going to use this, now that they introduced, like, since Ant-Man, this whole, this quantum realm time traveling stuff, I'm pretty sure they're going to use an aspect of this to bring sort of the heroes from the other, the 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 20th century Fox heroes, the oh, X Men. That's, that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just wanted to mention it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Mm, yeah. So, um, before we move on, Dana, was you going to say something? I- no, I just really have a purpose. Uh, I didn't really have that much of to say or a problem with the whole time travel loophole thing because they pretty much said the present won't affect the past so they can do whatever they want to and in the mi- in the moment of things sometimes you forget the rules and that's it so i'm not there's no need for me to dive deeper into that because they already stated that all right fair enough okay um so the next thing i, I was going to ask you guys um like what did you think of the tone of the film because like when i like obviously they uh they were very selective with what they showed us in the trailers 
Uh, but from those trailers, it seemed like it was going to be like a kind of grim, depressing kind of film, you know, where people were mourning uh, a lot of, a lot of the time, you know. Uh, but the actual film there is it's very lighthearted. There's still a lot of jokes. You know, it matches the tone of every other Marvel film pretty much where there's a lot of like jokes and lightheartedness. Um, so did you guys think that, you know, that that was the, the correct way to do Endgame or should it have been different? It's kind of interesting you mentioned that because when I was watching the movie, I thought that I was surprised by the fact that, at least to me, there were not that many jokes. Like Marvel movies, at least the last few of them, like they always hit a, a like a joke at a certain moment. So every time they didn't hit that, I'm like, oh, they didn't do a joke. That's interesting. So even though I do agree with you that they they still do the like I guess the prerequisite amount of Marvel jokes. It's not as much as I was expecting. I was expecting a little bit more, to be honest, just based on the trajectory that the movies have been going in in the past, ever since the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, like that to me that, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but that's part of the reason why I don't like Thor Ragnarok too many jokes. You know, I felt that movie was ruined by that, but this one had less jokes than I was expecting. So I wasn't really, I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, I think they balanced it well. Um, it's just I was I was expecting a lot less. Like I thought it was going to be a bit more serious, but um, I'm I'm happy with the result. But um, does anyone else have any thoughts on that? I think the way that they built it up, they knew that there was a lot on the line with this movie, so they didn't want to give away like too many jokes in the trailer. They didn't want to you know like have a sort of a Guardians of the Galaxy sort of vibe. Like they knew Thanos was back. Thanos met serious business. How that was going to happen, they didn't explain, and I'm glad about that. But I think the whole idea was to really make it feel like there was something to lose here because we knew there was going to be something to lose. We knew some characters were going to die on this, but they made it come across in a way where it was vital and important. And then when we saw later trailers and we saw like, you know, Rocket Raccoon chatting with Ant-Man or, you know, we see Ant-Man get startled by Iron, you know, or I'm sorry, War Machine, you know, <laughs> what's up average size, man? You know, they started to lighten up a little bit, but at the same time, they still kept those, those high stakes. I think what they wanted to do was introduce a little bit of camaraderie to let them know that these Avengers are really assembling together for this big whatever's going to go down with Thanos without really spoiling exactly what was going to go down. I, I think the way that this hype was built up was just about perfect. Now, as far as the film not having humor, I think there was a lot more funnier moments than Tony may be letting on there because there there were really some great moments, you know, like when trying to find the van in the middle of the battle, you know, you know, and you hear the horn in the distance. I thought that was hilarious. But I mean, maybe that's just me. But I mean, it just there were a lot of moments that really mixed things up. I mean, you kept the emotional heft of the film, but the way that they did it was just about perfect. You know, it wasn't super serious with everybody dying. By the same token, you knew the stakes were still there. But I mean, like the way that the screenwriters, you know, who have been doing stuff like this for a while with Civil War, with Winter Soldier, Infinity War, uh, they really nailed down that tone. And it did feel like it jumped off anywhere. I mean, I, I love the way everything unfolded in terms of how it all unfolded. Right, right. Um how about you, Rich? Because I remember you saying that you really enjoyed the the Fortnite uh, reference um, in the movie. So, <laughs> hey, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I um, I mean, I appreciated the the tone. The, the, the thing about the movie is, you know, it starts off very serious. That whole first act, uh, you didn't really have too much hope for what was going to happen, and then when you see them chop off Thanos's head, it's like, oh. 
And there were some people in my theater screening like, oh, so the movie must be over. No, no, don't, don't try to make any jokes right now. We're trying to enjoy the film. Um, so <laughs> that, 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 yeah. But I mean, I, I was fine with the, the humor they had in it. I didn't think it was too much. I think you needed to have a, a good amount of it because, again, as, as you guys have already said, the stakes are high for this movie, so we have to keep it uh, serious to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. There is one thing, though. When we were reintroduced to Thor and he had a beer gut, <laughs> that, that was that was interesting to say the least. That, that kind of loosened the tone up a little bit there. And then, you know, obviously Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man making a Lebowski reference just because it was pretty much perfect, you know. So yeah. moments like that really added up. Do you do you think that um, along the course of uh, you know these Marvel movies that they've completely um, changed Thor's approach? Like, because he seemed to be more of like a serious character, you know. Even though there was still jokes in the Thor movies and things, but I feel like he's a, a lot more comical now than he used to be. Like around the time of the first Avengers film, do you guys think that? Yeah, I agree. And it, like I said, it's kind of the reason I don't like Ragnarok. It was too jokey. Thor's not like that. Like, yeah, there's some jokes here and there, but they're really playing off. And even at the beginning of this movie, he's all fat and shit. Like, I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny, but he stayed that way the entire movie. I'm like, I'm waiting for him to get buff and shit, and he never did, you know? So I'm like, come on, guys. You, you can't just be throwing Thor under the bus like that. Granted, he did have some good th scenes with his mother that I appreciated, but he was really played more for, like, comedic things. And I did, as a Thor fan myself, I didn't really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll go ahead. No. Sorry. Oh, I just felt that I got it at first, him being fat and, you know, depressed and playing Fortnite. I just felt that the fat jokes and him just still being fat just went on for way too long. Yeah. Like, we got it. He's fat, but it still continued. Um, so that was my issue with with his character is that I just didn't really feel that kind of like story seriousness from him and i can kind of understand that you're not going to get that because he's technically been through a lot and he is the kind of the survivor the only survivor of his family that's left so you know it's either him being depressed and crying all the time are we going to sit through that or him cracking jokes to kind of forget the pain so i didn't mind his jokes but just like the fact that, oh, you know, they could have just changed it up with, with so many fat jokes. So you got it. And I did, I did also, he would get buffed. At the end. If I could just say something in, in defense here, Thor has probably been through the worst of all this. I mean, he's lost his his city of Asgard. He's lost his brother. He lost, you know, Idris Elba's character. He lost so much over the course of these these past few films, you know, and even though he was a little bit jokey about it at times, I mean, there was a lot that went through his psyche. So, I mean, he at, after he beheaded Thanos and everything and he tried to shake it off, he just couldn't. So that probably explained why he grew the beer gut, why he had the beard, why they threw in the joke about Fortnite, which I really could have done with that. But whatever. They brought back Korg. <laughs> they brought back Korg. I'm happy. But, you know, it's I think he's been through like an incredible amount. So it kind of shows this collapse a little bit. Um, I do agree that some people may not like everything about the jokey tone, especially when he tries to do the heist explanation thing or when he insists on putting on the gauntlet. But I think he was just trying to find redemption in something. And I think that's what makes his scenes with his mother so poignant because it's like she kind of helps him find his way, even though he doesn't tell her that she's practically doomed to die. So I think there's just 
a little bit of a redemption turn there. And then at the end, it kind of gets a little bit fun when it sounds like he might take over the Guardians of the Galaxy. But, you know, I, I can see where some people be annoyed by that. But he's been through a shit ton compared to, like, everybody else. Well, I mean, I personally think just looking at that character, Thor is one of those characters that has had one of the weirdest arcs in the MCU. He starts out really serious, and Thor 2 is so bad. And then everything about Ragnarok is... The character almost does a 180 in terms of tone. And I feel like this is a continuation from what I know, of from what I've seen, as well as what was kind of present in the Endgame. This is a continuation of the Ragnarok Thor, as opposed to yeah. the very melodramatic Thor of 1 and 2. And I think, you know, like, it's one thing to see Captain America getting all teary-eyed and brooding, but to see a character, to see a hero actually gets depressed, to me, is much more motivating, because that shows the fallibility um, of a god, especially. Um, and that makes me actually connect with the hero more than to just see him brood, because obviously, obviously that man was just depressed, and he just drank it away. And to mm -hmm. me, there was something really... In a, in a messed up way, there was something really refreshing about seeing a character take that kind of a character arc because I think it's so relatable. I think it's so real. I think Here's the thing. I, I'm sorry, Austin. Uh, I just want to say like, I, I don't have a problem with the character arc itself. I just felt he was the butt of too many jokes. That was the main problem. The, uh, the whole arc he actually went through was actually really fucking good. I like seeing a god being brought down to our level. It's just like, did he need to be the butt of every fucking joke, really? You know, that's just my thing. But anyway, go, go ahead. No, well, I, I I think that's a fair point. I just think I think if you look at of the big first three, the only one coming back would be Chris Hemsworth, and I think that's because the character of Thor had to be not necessarily a comedian, but he's gone through that Channing Tatum approach of trying to be this hyper like tough ass masculine dude, but still also being that little bit of the um, the comedy crux at all times. So I can see it getting irritable, especially with the overall tone of the film. But I think given what Ragnarok was, it makes sense that he would be Thor the Joker. Thor the Revengers leader, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Right, so we do have to move on. But Reggie, what was you going to say about the tone? Um, well, to me, the tone, you know, coming from Infinity War, right, and going into this movie um, as... Uh, Everybody pretty much on the panel said the stakes were high, but it's just I like the way that they handled it um, because, you know, like like you said, I mean, just reading the comic books, you know, people kind of knew what was going to happen, but what to expect, but then they kind of took you for a loop while still keeping, it's like, a, so let's say you're going up the mountain, you got to the highest point in the mountain, right? And there's like this line. Right. So so you're already there. So what what happens in that moment? And I think that they did a good job of containing that while still keeping the stakes high with the with the jokes, the levity, uh, you know, the, the levity of the characters taking you on a journey with them. Um, everything from the song choice to the um, the sounds, the special effects, like the moments of quietness in the movie, like when they like, for instance, the moment when you saw um, Thanos, right, when they found him. And he's in the garden, which is like it's straight from the comic book, right? But in your mind, you're thinking, okay, if they do this, how would the scene play out, right? And the way that they did it, like they, they let you see, okay, just for a brief moment, this is how he's living, right? 
And then when they all went, when Captain Marvel came and everybody came, boom, they hit him up. That was a wrap, right? Thor took the hammer, chopped his head off. To me, that right there is just, it, it speaks volumes. And, and, you know, you got different parts throughout the movie that's like that. Now, as far as Thor, because everybody everybody's hit on, I know we're going to go to the next, the next scene or whatever. But to me, I pretty much resonate with Thor. I don't want to say out of everybody here, but as a person that did, that has PTSD, right, that's been to war and seen a lot of things, right? To me, uh, I felt the most sympathy for him, so I could feel where he where he was coming from. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it then to see him to to make that turnaround, right? When we, we got to the end, and, you know, he. I wasn't expecting him to get, you know, back buff or anything. That's darn near impossible, right? But, you know, he just, he did the same, man. I like the turnaround that he made. So I definitely feel it. And, but yeah, the overall tone in the movie, I thought they really did a good job containing it and keeping you on the edge of your seat. All right. I feel you. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, let's talk about Thanos because um, Infinity War. Oh, sorry, Reggie. Could you just uh, mute real quick? Yeah, thanks. Um, so Thanos, you know, Infinity War did a great job of building up Thanos and, you know, he quickly became, uh, you know, the best villain in the MCU like ever, you know, um, instantly. Now, me personally, I feel like this movie kind of undoes that a bit. Like he in this movie, he doesn't really have um, the same depth he had in Infinity War. And I know uh, they had that, you know, whole... Um, scene where they killed him off you know in the first 10 minutes and um i understand why they did that you know with the whole time travel aspect and and stuff and i was i was glad to see him make his comeback from the past as well um but i do feel like that in doing that um i guess because they had so much to show in this film i do feel like they kind of uh you know took away a lot of his depth because um you know he he doesn't have the same motivations to you know to to get the infinity gauntlet that he had in infinity war it's just that he sees what what happens in the future and you know he sees that they're messing with his plans and that becomes his only motivation to you know to follow through with his new plan so do you guys feel like they kind of undid a lot of what they did with thanos in in infinity war That, that's an interesting take. I, I didn't think about that because uh, to me, I felt um, Thanos in this movie was more in line with the comic book version where he's more direct and to the point. Like, th even though I thought he was great in Infinity Wars, they kind of humanized him like a little too much, you know, so it was kind of good that they kind of stripped this back and made him a little bit more evil, even though he still had that he still had more depth than a lot of you know cheesy comic book movies you know but I, I did like the fact that this thanos at least you know for the uh the second half of the film was a more like focused direct thanos compared to the one in infinity war but at the same time since i am seeing this as one movie it is kind of cool to see both aspects of this characters depending on how things play out and i did think it was cool that you know he's like oh shit my plan actually came through fruition they're just trying to undo something I already did. So I, I kind of thought that was cool because usually these movies, the heroes are trying to stop something that's going to happen. This one, they're trying to undo what did happen. So I thought that was a really cool kind of take. But again, if you take both movies into one, it is kind of interesting to see both aspects of uh, Thanos uh, the, as the character. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad that they that they killed off um, the Thanos in, in this one as soon as they did because if you think about it, this one this would accomplish his goal. And they even mentioned in the last movie, it's like, what did you give up to to do your goal? And it's like everything. So this guy didn't really have anything to live for anymore. He just stayed in his little garden thing, just chilling. So it's like, yeah, like like I don't know if there was gonna be like a clever way to bring him back to care about doing something more than what his destiny said he needed to fulfill. So I'm glad that they that they went back in time and got a Thanos in a different stage of his life. Sort of a, a little more ruthless Thanos, like in my opinion. Um, that's yeah. a good way to look I'll at tell it. you, yeah, I, I really I really do like one callback though. Like when he chops Thanos' heads off, Thor said, but I went for the head because technically Thanos said and you should have gone for the head. At the yeah. end of Infinity War, yeah, that so. was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Carlos, just one quick thing to add. Remember, like the Thanos in the you know the beginning of the movie, he even destroys Infinity Stones. He's like, "What the hell do I need these for?" The Thanos in the past would never even conceive of doing something like that. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool seeing both of those aspects. Go ahead. They're two different Thanos. That's like you lived your entire life, and then someone says, "Hey, you're gonna die of cancer the next day." And and you have the ability to go back in time. You in that back in time is not going to see the urgency or try to do everything all at once. You're going to take your time. So with this one, if they're not the same, the guy that we know is dead, and you're going back to your past. I'm pretty sure in your past you're much different than when, than how you are right now in your future. So you're going to get that more focused Thanos because even though he finds out, hey, I accomplished my goal. You know, he still hasn't accomplished his goal. So in order for him to get to that future, he has to continue to find the stones and be ruthless as the way that he was. So th- that's that's how I viewed it. I, I, would, I would honestly say he even kind of, I, I think by the time Endgame wraps up, you have a character who regrets to a degree what he's done. But when you've got a man who has no regrets, that's a very dangerous situation. And I think the one they bring in uh, is definitely one that has yet to regret or made the action that he would eventually regret. And I, and I, I think... Uh, I don't think neither Thanos is what they did. Well, I think I think they regret that they had to do it out of necessity. I think even in, at the end of Infinity War, you see a character who definitely had to give up everything to get what he wanted. What, in, do you mean with regards to Gamora? Uh, Gamora, and I think to a degree, I think he feels a little bad with um, Nebula. Right. Eh. Yeah, like, also, um, one thing I was thinking as well, it's like, Infinity War is really, like, if you think about it, Thanos is the protagonist in that film. And I think in Endgame, the Avengers are the protagonists. So maybe it's just, you know, you're, you're yeah. seeing things a lot differently because of that also. Um, I'm just glad in hindsight they made his objective not to have sex with death. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah that was always corny, you know. I'm so I, glad I, they moved away because they were going there in the first Avengers, and I'm glad we just moved away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, any final thoughts on that before we uh, get to some uh, some deep stuff? I kind of like how um, when Thanos lost, 
he kind of did the same thing he did at the end of Infinity War. He sat there and everything, but a complete opposite reaction. Like at the end of Infinity War, he felt satisfaction that he had accomplished his mission and everything. But by the time that um, Endgame came to a close, he sat there, he was dejected, he was defeated. And I think a lot of people were waiting for him to reach that point. All right. Okay, so let's get to um, you know some of the the consequential stuff that happened. Um, so we had the whole uh, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye going to you know um, what planet is that again? Vormir, I think it's Vormir. Yes, Vormir. Um, yeah, yeah. To to retrieve the Soul Stone, and you know we all know what happened last time. You know somebody went there, um, so it was going to either be you know Hawkeye or Black Widow. So. I just want to, you know, see how some of you guys felt in that moment. And did you instantly know it was going to be Black Widow that, that died, you know? Um, so I'll go to you first, Rich. What, like, what was your uh, trade of, train of thought when you saw that scene? Well, let me just start off by saying I'm, I'm disappointed that you didn't go to Dana first. Because I, I, I loved when she told me her reaction. So definitely go to her next. Um, we'll do. Uh, so when that happened, you know... I honestly, uh, I guess I was a little surprised, but not uh, entirely like, uh, oh my God, I didn't shed any tears. I mean, we, we knew already from the first movie, uh, you know, from the Infinity War, that yeah, one of them was going to die. But I, I didn't really expect, um, you know, Ronan, a.k.a. Hawkeye, to die because the whole reason he turned to Ronan is because of what happened with his family. And if he had, knew he had an opportunity to get them back, I felt they were going to give him that redeeming storyline one way or another. So when she did, when she was the one that met her, her, her death, um, I was like, oh, okay, all right, well, I guess that's it. I, I didn't have too much of a strong reaction to it. Uh, definitely wasn't expecting it, but yeah, not 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 a strong reaction from me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Dana, I got to hear this story. Like, what was your thought? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, and I was kind of disappointed in this. They took the two least characters I cared about, <laughs> basically who didn't really have that much of a shine in the MCU, and just killed them. And I felt nothing. I I then made the arguing back and forth. I would have been good if they both went over the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> that whole scene. I know it's supposed to be emotional, and there were people crying. I was just like, man. I didn't, I didn't do nothing. Wow. Like, I, I've heard a few people say that, that, you know, those were, like, you know, the, the two um, least major characters to, to, you know, go to Vormir. But um, I feel like throughout these Avengers films, Black Widow has kind of been a big deal. I mean, obviously, she's not as powerful as everyone else, but I feel like she, you know, she's been um, a pivotal part of the team still. Um, so you know, she's used Hulk. That's literally she's the Hulk comer. <laughs> uh, maybe fair enough. See, and to be fair, there is a Black Widow movie coming out, so we had pretty much. It almost seemed like we were guaranteed that she would be fine at yeah. one point in time, unless now. But obviously, now it's going to be like a prequel thing, because I mean, unless they find a way to bring her back, which I doubt. So, I well, mean, what if they use a prequel thing? What if the what if this is my tinfoil hat theory? What if they mention that, that there's going to be a Black Widow movie just so they won't think that we're going to be like, oh yeah, she's dead, 
be like, no, she, she has to like, an intentional misdirect. Yeah, like a misdirect. Because they already started casting for the movie, so yeah. Mm. Okay. Side note, if I may say, slightly related, just in regards to Vormir, you know how awkward it must have been for Captain America to drop by it and just like give Red Skull back the stone if he put them all back. That must have been like a really weird. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. Uh, can I get Black Widow back? I've got your your stone here. What soul for a stone? Wait, wait. Is that an actual theory? Like, could he have? Well, he had to. He had to go back and give the stone back, didn't he? Yeah. So, wait, wait, so, so yeah. did. So does that mean Black Widow is back? No, oh, that's but a good point. No, no. Back, the like him... Yeah. The... So, what you'll meet is the Red Skull, who never seen Scarlet or. Um, the other guy, the forgettable one, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> but why couldn't, I mean, and and this is just probably looking too deep into it, but why couldn't Captain America just be like, hey, I'll give you this soul stone for, what's her name? Like Widow. Because she's know? gone, apparently. And also, let's be honest, Captain America running into Red Skull again, it's probably going to be really awkward. <laughs> just to be well, that's perfectly what make it funny, fair. You know? like, yeah. Oh yeah. You oh, know. oh hey, there you are. <laughs> How you doing? Your your tone's kind of changed a little bit there, Red Skull. You've been here a while. Yeah, what's up, Reggie? Well, here's what here's what I have to say about the uh, that particular scene, um, and just give us credence to it. So, it's it's no secret that um, the uh, Black Widow and um, Clint Barnes. Um, characters or Hawkeye, their relationship um, hasn't really been to the forefront of any of the movies, but it, it kind of plays out in the background with different scenes here and there throughout the MCU, right? So once they get to this point, um, which, I mean, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but if you think about it, okay, they said it's a soul for a soul, and you have to give up something that you love, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to be like in love with the person, like Lovey Dovey, whatever, like uh, Star Lord and uh, and uh, and uh, Gamora was. But you know, just the fact that you know those two, they went there, and you can see. I think their story came more to the forefront in this movie than any other that out of all the other movies that came before. And you can see the genuine love and, and that they have for each other, right? And then the fact that they weren't fighting to live; they were fighting to die. And they was both of them was willing to lay down their life on the line to to get everybody back. So whatever it takes, which is the theme of the whole entire movie, you know, it's freaking a darn near campaign. But at this point, uh, you know, I thought that I thought that was amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily throwaway characters. I mean, both of them, you know, they, they play their part. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so but did Black Widow? I think that was the first. I think I was crying before that. Uh, that was a down. That was the the trick on my ugly cry, right there when, when it happened. Because um, I, I I wasn't expecting that. Like I was totally thinking I was like, okay, if they go to Vormir, right? How are they gonna get this stone back? Like it it it, it can't. Because it, I'm thinking, okay, if they go back, they, the only way, the only way that both of them would have survived is if they had met Thanos at the time. When he killed Gamora, and he was laying in the water, kind of unconscious, like, and they would just took the stone out of his hand. 
but that would have been too simple. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he would have killed me too. Yeah, this would have been the big. Yeah, this would have been the big payoff. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it that part that, that's what it got me a little bit, but not not as much as things to come, which we will speak about later. I think Hawkeye should have adopted a stray dog right before he went and just gone solo. That's too dark. I'm sorry, but but yeah, it, it was it was manufactured. I think. I, I agree with Dana. I, I never necessarily cared about the characters. And that was a relationship that I was always a little... I'm glad Age of Ultron definitely kind of solidified that it's just a good friendship. Because I think there is a lot of flirtation there. So it was a relationship I never quite could get the definition of. I feel like she flirted I, with a lot of them, though. Because like, yeah, she was very flirty in Winter Soldier. Well, Jeremy Rayner, I think I think Jeremy Rayner, he got in trouble because I think it was around Age of Ultron where he's like, yeah, she's just being passed back and forth between all the other Avengers. And I remember he got in some hot water for that. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, Black Widow is one of those characters that she's got some interesting motivations. So I think I, I think she could come back. I, I When you involve time travel, anything's open. So with the solo movie, I don't know. I could see it happening. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think that it. It would. It would. You don't. I would not want. And if the character is dead, let them stay dead. Because if you bring them back, right, all the every, the death scenes. Even, I mean, even you know, if we don't. If, let's say, okay, that was the lesser of the deaths in the movie, right? But the person still died. It's kind of like you know, like when Optimus Prime died in uh in Transformers the animated movie, right? Well, they had to bring him back. They had to have that little blurb at the end that said that at, um, when the credits rolled, it said Optimus Prime will return because at that time, they knew that, okay, we don't bring this character back. There's a lot of money that we could lose, but we're in a different time now, right? Where people understand, okay, look, if this character is dead, they need to stay dead because this movie, the implications, the impact of it, the, the fact that you know we went through this all 22, 11 years to get to this point, if you bring that character back, her death will mean nothing. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't think I necessarily agree with that. I think it depends on the moment in, in the scene. You know, like, Spock's death is always a scene that I love in Wrath of Khan. But I can still appreciate him coming back in the immediate sequel. I think if the scene is powerful, it has lasting power. Okay, Rich, uh, you was going to say something, and then we have to move on. I just was going to ask a real fast question. Uh, do you guys think you would have cared more if it was the Hulk and Black Widow that had to go to uh, make that sacrifice, considering you know all all of the stuff they had with their relationship that they never really pursued, or you think it wouldn't have made a difference? Uh, I, I do think that was very played down in this film. Like I feel like we there wasn't really much you know uh, between them. Um, yeah. In the time that we had, so I guess that might have uh, brought some of those feelings back. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, feel I like think Hulk there's was needed oh, elsewhere. But, yeah, I think there was a better kinship because if you think about it, like Ronan would not. I mean, sorry, Hawkeye would not have come back. He would have continued his Ronan ways if Black Widow didn't go to get him. And they do have a longer uh, yeah. relationship. They have a longer relationship. Like they went all the way back to Budapest you know, from years ago, you know, and that's why like 
in the Avengers, like when Black Widow's in the middle of something and they call her in, you'd be like, Barton's been compromised. She drops everything. She takes care of the thugs and she goes. She doesn't even give it a second thought. I mean, that's that's her relationship with Hawkeye. So I think when it came to that choice, Hawkeye was the better choice because they have a much stronger bond than she and Hulk ever did. Very good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, I was ahead. about to say that. Side note. I wonder what the conversation was like when Captain America went back in time and he was, uh, you know, he had a relationship. Uh, he got his girl, got back with Peggy. I wonder did he ever mention, well, you know, uh, I kiss your niece in uh, Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super awkward. That would have made every subsequent Christmas dinner and or trip extremely strange. Hmm. What hap- What happens? What happens in Civil War timeline stays in the Civil War timeline. To, to this date, that is my favorite uh, meme I've seen for Endgame, where it was like, I think it was, uh, it was the picture. It was two pictures. The top image was, I think it was Iron Man turning to Steve, and he's like, "Do you trust me?" The text reads, "Do you trust me?" And then you just have Captain America go, "No." And then the logo right underneath is Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's get to, you know, the the final battle, which was, you know, the, I guess, the big payoff for everything that's happened. You know, um, obviously, after all the time stuff, um, you know, they, they, they get back to Earth and then the Hulk actually does the snap. Uh, and we don't see the heroes come back till later when they're, they're fighting Thanos already. But the scene where, you know, Doctor Strange, um, his, you know, a portal thing shows up like at that moment like my theater lost it you know like just people were going crazy and then you see all of the characters come back and everything so i want to let you guys know i mean sorry i want i want you guys to let me know what you thought um of of that moment and the final battle you know in its entirety because uh, me personally and this is one of the reasons i really really want to see it again but i don't feel like it was as good as it could have been but this might just be me needing to see it again to really analyze it but um and i understand that there's so many characters and there's only so much time they have to you know let everyone have their shine um but i don't know I, i feel like for some reason i was just expecting more you know but um i feel like it was great to see all the characters come back again and i feel like they did a good enough job considering there's so many characters to show on screen but what did you guys think of the final battle yeah like to me i'm like it, that's the part where i'm like yo can you extend this by 30 minutes because <laughs> like that's like i really wanted to see more characters get their shine there um that was the part of the movie that got me like i'm not like reggie i don't cry and shit during movies but i definitely felt some type of way when they all started coming out and then when captain america says avengers assemble we've been waiting for that line since day one son so when you finally heard that I fucking went nuts, man. I kind of wish I went to theaters that you guys went to, man. My guys were quiet the whole time, you know? Um, the battle was awesome. I really liked the way it played out. My, again, my only complaint is I wish it could have been longer. Like, you could have had, like, a good 40 minutes. I'm like, yo, we've been building up to this for all these movies. Go fucking ham, you know? Um, but but the way, but what they did present 
was very good. You know, there was a lot of tension, uh, little moments here and there, which I thought were were really good, man. It, it, it all built up to this. It, I think you somebody said it before. It's like the most epic battle you've ever seen in a movie, which is saying a lot because we've seen a lot of these type of battles in other films. But this one just took it to like a whole other level, man. It was fucking insane. I think the battle played out perfectly fine the way it was. I mean, adding more to it would have been great and everything, but... I really liked how everything unfolded because we saw a lot of key moments. We saw, you know, we finally saw Captain America say Avengers assemble. And we've been teased that for how many years now? You know, so, I mean, we had that first. Then he proved to be worthy for Mjolnir. I, my theater went apeshit when that happened because they, they were like, oh, is Thor doing this? Was my No, it's Captain. Wait, Captain's got the hammer? Wait, what's going on? And then they had to swap weapons in the middle of their battle. I thought that was great, too. And... There was just so many moments that, like res even like the smaller things, you know, like the Wasp acknowledging Captain America as Cap when there was that joke in Ant-Man and Ber at the Wasp about calling him Cap. You know, um, the whole meeting between, um, well, well, actually the whole thing with Captain Marvel showing up and completely obliterating the crap out of Thanos' ship. Like, didn't even think about it. Just like blazed through it like a bullet going through a wall or something. And even like some of the smaller moments, you know, like uh, Peter Parker and Iron Man having their quick reunion, you know, like Peter Parker instantly going into puberty when Captain Marvel talked to him. I mean, that, that, that just like the little things just really added up here. And it all just culminated into a, a sweet sequence that was just a lot of fun to watch. I, I mean, I seriously can't wait to watch it again to see what I missed. But I think it was very well balanced. I think it was really well done. You know, I, I'll say that... Uh... Of what I have seen of the film, I have seen the majority of the final battle. And um, and for me, uh, I never necessarily bought into that whole father. I didn't really like Homecoming all that much. So the whole uh, surrogate father for uh, Tony and, and Peter was always kind of lost on me. But I, I think it showed up in this movie. When, when, they, when he got his hug on, uh, that was definitely that – was, that was a moment that I, I, I felt kind of just even – with the USC screener they showed, that was a moment that really uh, got me in the chest. I thought it was, I thought it played really well. Everybody got their little moment to shine. So listen, right? I'm trying to keep it together. Now listen, in my theater, because I, I went to see it twice, right? So the second time I seen it, I noticed a lot of things, but. The, the emotions and everything were still there because I still wasn't ready to even the second time I seen it. I'm probably not going to be ready the third time I go see it, right? But here's the thing. So when that scene went down, right? And Thor was like, when they, when they first walked out and Thor said, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. And the, and the lightning came down and transformed. He got the, his beard got braided up. You You already know it was about to be serious. Like it, it's about to go down. It, it's about yo. The, the block is about to be. The block is about to be hot, right? Bombs over Baghdad type of stuff. Listen, when as the fight was going on, and uh, um, when Thor, when not not Thor, when um, when Captain America got the hammer, right? Listen, man. When when I first seen that joint, I was like, okay. I seen I see Thor, you know, he was already wielding two hammers. So I'm thinking, oh, he calling the hammer back to him, right? Yo, when Cap got that hammer and he got and he started doing no combos on, on Thanos, yo, man, listen. Yo, oh my god, man, like <laughs> I, was, 
He sounds like hip hop gamer over there. Yo, 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 yo listen, listen. listen. Um, listen. Yeah, just hear me out, yo. Here it is, yo. I swear. I swear I was waiting for Air Boom to come in and say toasty or something because it was, it was about to get, yo, I mean, dude, like when he got that joint, he threw the shield, he hit the hammer on it, like boom, 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 like he just, yo, man, but but then when Thanos came back with that blade, and he, I mean, yo, he's ripping the shield to shreds, right? In the moment. I knew I was gonna do it, man. Yo, my man. <laughs> let it out, man. Let it out, man. He is like hip hop gamer. He's like, yo, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Yo, Wait, no, what was that talking about? Right now, son? What? Hey, my man. <laughs> What's that's, that's, that's the power of Endgame, right there. Yeah, man. Yo, yeah. Reggie, you get the you get the little speechless. one, man. You get the little yeah. one, man. <laughs> Go ahead, Reggie. Let it out, man. A moment when Captain America, the scene, right? This is the power, not only of the movie, but just cin- just cin- cinematography done right. Oh man. man, the scene where he's walking out, I think when when that whole enemy army is just and it's just him in the sunlight. You remember that yeah, scene? Just, yeah, that's what I'm going to. So you oh, see okay. Captain America oh. in the sun, like he's standing there, right? <laughs> it's all good, man. Look, you see Captain America and he's standing there, right? And then you see Thanos and he's talking. He he he's saying something. Captain America, he gets up, man. I mean, this dude is willing to lay it all on the line against all eyes. And then when you hear that little chatter sound, right? Sam, this is our cat. This is Sam. Sam. Oh, and, and, uh, cat. On, on your left. left. On your left. On your left. When that happened, and you saw, and the music swelled up, and you seen Chachala come out, Joe. Listen, man. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, listen, yeah. <laughs> it's great, man. Come on, like, yo, Reggie, you, you real son. You real son. The head not look at him. Right? This man yo, reciting the movie right oh. It's like he had the head nod. He was like, We here. <laughs> when the scene opened up, right? And Sam uh, Falcon entered um stream right when he flew in and the sound effect that he came when he was flying through and all the portal starboard opened up, man. Yo, dog. <laughs> Look, man, I lost it. I lost everything right there. I lost my soul, my life, everything. Right there at that moment, man. Because it's like you knew they were gonna come back. You knew they were gonna come back. But it's the way that they came back. How they uh, I mean, yo, when Spider-Man came into yo, not even that. Dude, if you notice, right? When, now I'm gonna tell y'all this, right? Wakanda, right? Because we always call Africa like their motherland, the nation, right? If you notice, when that whole screen opened up, you saw all of Wakanda in the background coming through. Yo, man, listen. You Yo, excuse me. Got the whole nation, the whole nation, and they coming. Listen, man. But when Spider Man came in, that was it, dog. My, the whole thing that everybody went nuts. Yo. That that got me right there, man. I ain't know what to do after that, man. I was just, yo, man. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Reggie, uh, man, you I, real excited? Just yo, just yo, and it, 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 oh, yo. Listen, scene, I could watch that scene. That scene is forever etched into my mind because that is the moment. Like, that's the moment, man. That's the moment, yo. Like, you, that whole scene, man. Like, 
I'm playing it back over my head right now, man. Like it's just I've never seen nothing like it, man. I mean, just the I mean, like when 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 Doctor Strange came down, man, and, and that yo, man, like man. I'm gonna let y'all get y'all Yo, yo, wait till yo, you see that shit on hip hop TV, son. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, wait, what do you say? What? What's this show business? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Reggie, I love your passion, man. For real, like. I see it, man. It's like, like I said, man. I, I've never in a million years thought that I would see anything like that. It was like getting all your favorite toys when you was little, right? And you and you playing with them. And and you like everybody just clashing together, yo. And when yo, when Cap said Avengers Assemble, and then Thanos had he pointed that um he pointed and his crowd start coming and everybody start running in the scene. And you see um Ant Man come, yo man, come on man. I mean, like Robert said, this dude punched a freaking. I mean, we see we seen the Incredible Hulk do it, but when Ant Man did it, it was some man. Yo, he had some some fire behind that punch, man. I mean, he was like, pow, like. Man, come on, man. <laughs> and this dude, dude was about his life, man. And yo, team where females came in, and it was like, yo, like uh the ship when uh when um what's her name? Scarlet Witch, right? She came in, she was talking to Thanos. Thanos like, I don't know who you are. She was like, yo, you're gonna find out today, you're gonna learn today. Listen, man, yo. I mean, she about to she about to strip this dude out of existence, man. Dude told her, Thanos like, yo, he told Ebony Mom, yo, rain rain the down on the troops. But he's like, the troops, they're gonna be hurt. He said, fuck that, I don't care. Listen, when they start and the, the, the guns, like they, they stop, right? Like they stop, right? And it was like, what's going on? What are they shooting at? There's something entering the earth at a high velocity. If yo, cat them up, man. Listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I'm, I'm crying yo, right now, son. Yo, 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 Tony, yo, 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 yo. Listen, listen. Oh, even listen. like the small stuff. Even like the small stuff, like you know, Black Panther calling you know Hawkeye Clint when in a few years ago Civil War. I don't care, you know. And obviously now he does. And a reference back to Queens when Captain America threw the hammer for Spider Man yep. to grab out to so he get out, and Spider Man's suit just stabbing the shit out of everybody. That was amazing, and that was a callback too. Because remember, he I did know. that by accident, and now he did yeah. it on purpose. So fucking awesome, man! It was, <laughs> no, it was a mode, right? Yeah, yeah. kill mode. Yeah, yeah. Stealth, stealth kill mode. Yeah. When his eyes turn red, to be like, "Yep, it's it's blood time. It's blood time." <laughs> but yeah, yo, yeah. So um, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> so let, let's get to um, you know some of the final moments so like what did you guys think of the departure of both Iron Man and Captain America so let, let's go with Iron Man first because that you know that's how the battle scene ends so what did you guys think of that moment did you expect it you know um, obviously uh, you know it's kind of building up to it with the whole Doctor Strange conversation and things like that but uh, what did you guys think of it I think perfectly. It ended perfectly. I mean, it is sad that Tony Stark is gone, but the way it all unfolded, you know, like Doctor Strange giving him the symbol that this was the one. This was the one in which they won, and that pushed Stark to the point. Between that and when Thanos removed the Power Stone to, like, you know, punch the hell out of Captain Marvel, that gave him the idea to just remove the stones altogether. And then there was that one moment when, when you know, Thanos was like, "I am inevitable," snapped his fingers, and nothing happened. The crowd just went nuts and then here's iron man you know doing his gauntlet thing and he's like and i am 
Iron Man, the callback to the original thing he said at the end of the 2008 film. And just the way it all came full circle was incredible. You know, like Doctor Strange trusting Iron Man enough to tell him, yeah, this is the victory, but you got to go for it. You know, and him getting the idea to remove the Infinity Stones to begin with. If, if they had done that, they wouldn't have gone after the gauntlet. They would have just taken the stones. Give me those, you know, and it would have been easier, but whatever. Um, I think just the way it all unfolded and then saying goodbye to Cap, saying goodbye to Spider-Man, saying goodbye to Pepper. You know, it, it was... It was a sad farewell, but it was incredibly effective and unfolded beautifully. I think it came full circle for Tony Stark, especially when you remember in 2012 when Captain America called him out and said, you're not the guy to make the sacrificial play. You think by the end of the 2012 thing that would have resonated, but here it really does because it tells the story of what Iron Man has done over the years and how far he was willing to go to show that he was, in fact, was a hero despite what Captain America said in the past. At least yeah, that's that what a, I think. Yeah, that was a great scene. That, like, I, like, I completely agree with you, bro. Everything you said, I completely agree with. Like, and again, and it's, it was also more powerful because Iron Man, that Robert Downey Jr., he's the one that started it all. Mm. It all began with Iron Man. So it's just so poignant that he was the one that sacrificed his life to save all of existence, basically. You know, Great scene. I love the little character moments. And then obviously, you know, we had the funeral at the end. One cool thing, I don't know if you guys noticed that, there was this kid in the funeral, and people were like, who's this kid? He's the kid from Iron Man 3. Isn't yeah, that yeah. cool? Like, yo, they, they go he so He didn't bring deep. his potato gun, though. That's what it was. Nah, he didn't, yeah. They, they go <laughs> so deep, man. So, uh, yeah, that was a great way of sending that character out, like, in a, in a high moment, you know? Very emotional, very impactful. I love the, 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 the lighting, the music. Fucking incredible, man. Mm, that was really poignant. For some reason, and I, let me know if anybody else felt this. For some reason, when like they did the sort of the send off or the funeral, whatever that was, for some reason, I thought Stan Lee was going to be there. You know, I don't know. He already showed up before. I, I, I love what he did in 1970, though. I thought that was fun, a yeah. really you know fun little thing. If they had put him in the funeral, maybe it would too much for us. I think doing the subtle yeah, 1970 thing was definitely the way to go. But um. I mean, when the, when Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch were talking later, it'd be like, you know, when they were talking about how Vision and Black Widow could kind of see that. I mean, they might have been thrown a hint in there, but I really think the way it played out was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just like maybe it was just like the emotion of, of the whole thing and, and especially how uh Stanley like just recently passed. So I was thinking like in that moment I like I didn't cry or anything. It was emotional, but then I was thinking if something were to put me over the top, it would have been to see Stan Lee at Iron Man's funeral. That shit would have been freaking crazy. But that's just me. I think it may have been too much too soon. Yeah, that, I, know, I, the I, way I, they did it, I think they did really well. I don't know. I think it would have taken me out the moment. It's like, hey, Marvel fan, yeah. I'm Stan Lee in a funeral. Excelsior! Like, on, <laughs> you know, it's going to take you out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. what they did with him was pretty much perfect. And I also like the fact that he, that Tony got some resolution with his dad in 1970. Because yes, remember, great. like, after Civil War and everything, he, he kind of got torn apart him, but he had that opportunity to just talk with him and didn't even give him any subtle hints, like, oh, you should name your kid Tony or anything like that. No, it was a real discussion. And did anybody else notice Jarvis from the um, yes, Agents from of the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV I series? I loved how they loved tied that, that in. That, that was great. great. But that anyway, great. back to the funeral. It, I think it was... The way they did it was pretty much perfect. Yeah, I, I think it was very well done. You know, um, from the scene where he died all the way until, you know, the funeral. Um, the fact that he left that message, you know, for, um, you know, for the for his family and stuff like that, and everybody that was there that he was close to, and like you guys said, you know, that they went they went all the way back, and those 
you know, especially with the little boy there because on um, the, the little boy from Iron Man three, because nobody would have really thought about that. Right. Because Iron Man three is kind of like the movie that everybody really doesn't like for whatever reason. I mean, I, I get why they don't like it. Um, I have my issues with it, too. But just the fact that they did that and that just lets you know how far. Um, Tony Stark has come, you know, with with his because first he was like he's real. He was real arrogant. He wasn't humbled at first throughout the movies. And then as the movies go on, start from Iron Man 3 now, you know, he starts to become a little bit more cognizant of what's going on. And, okay, it's it's not just about me. You know, there's other people here, too. And I think that if he if you asked him. If. I don't think that Tony Stark would have done this in the past. He wouldn't lay down his life like that, but given everything that's happened and because you know, he's been through a lot. He's seen, okay, the world is just, it doesn't evolve around me. You know, he now, he knows, okay, you know, he was able to lay his life on the line and he, he, he you know, he, he said he did his thing, ultimately saved the world and saved the future, you know, for gener- for the, you know, the other generations that come figuratively, literally and figuratively, so to speak. And it's almost kind of almost a character evolution too. Oh, sorry. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. I thought somebody was going to interrupt me there. But I was saying a character evolution. When we first meet Iron Man, he's, you know, ego-laden. He's a a schmuck, a womanizer. You know, he doesn't really care about anyone. And then you start to see him develop more of a care and everything. I mean, he's still got the ego by the end of the original Iron Man film, and it kind of carries over to Iron Man 2. But then you start to see him develop camaraderie with Rhodey. You start to see him, you know, think about what he wants to do with Pepper. You know, and then I think by the time Infinity War circled around, you know, he was concerned about, like, who faded away along with Peter Parker. I mean, he served as a father mentor too. That helped out evolve his character as well. And by the time Endgame concluded, it was a complete 180 on what we originally saw in him. Like Robert Downey Jr. did stupendous taking this role and evolving him into someone we never thought he'd be. You know, like even Captain America said, you are definitely not the hero type in 2012's The Avengers. But, you know, over the years, we have seen all these changes that come up with it. And it all culminates, it all concludes with him, just like Black Widow, making this ultimate sacrifice to assure that the Avengers win, even if it doesn't mean seeing his daughter anymore, even though he does leave her the note, I love you 3000, which really hits close to home. It really does. So it's just how great Downey's done with the role and what he was able to do in Endgame with his character to end him on such a high note instead of you know being a schmuck getting a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. I think it's really something. I mean, same with Black Widow. She she kind of redeems herself too because when she starts, she's like an assassin and everything. We we know very little about her. She has attitude and all that stuff. But by the end of this film, like she cares so much for Hawkeye. She cares so much for her fellow Avengers. She feels this kinship. You know, it's 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 pretty pretty cool what we've done with a lot of these. I mean, it doesn't balance with everybody. Obviously, people have their complaints about Thor, but you know, when you take a look at Cap, Black Widow, Hawkeye, everybody's grown in their own certain ways, and. Endgame really just builds all that together. Indeed. Uh, what's your thoughts on, the, on it, Dana? My final thoughts on the movie in general? No, um, on uh, to- Tony Stark, the way he went, you know, the way he ended. This, uh, this, and this was definitely an Avengers movie, but I felt that it was also more a Tony Stark movie. Um, we got to see his whole life starting off, you know, as that billionaire bachelor and him later on, you know, with Pepper. And now in this movie, 
he has Morgan and he's kind of completely changed and transformed into, I feel like the man that he was always meant to be, but from the previous movie was kind of from the first one would have been scared to have become. Um, so for his arc, I think that it's, it's sad that he's gone, especially for the fact that he'll never get to see Morgan, but as Iron Man, I think that it was his time to retire and I appreciate everything about that character and I thought it was very well done his storyline. And the part at the at the battle when Doctor Strange looks at him and does that one thing, you know, I he, yes, it's like it was a reminder of, you know, you have this opportunity. There's only one chance. And then he knows right then and there, he is the one who is that number one chance. There won't be anyone else who can essentially defeat Thanos and, and do the finger snap. Even though we saw previously Thor do that. No, was it Thor? No, was it Thor? Hulk, Hulk do that and almost die in the process. He, you know, he gave up so much so that others can live. And at the end of the day, that was definitely not the Tony that started out and i think it was just a very beautiful storyline this whole arc was just very well done and i appreciate everything he he's done for the mcu um robert downey jr so i think there's just one regret here um in the comics tony stark and captain marvel have a camaraderie they, they have like a buddy ship, if you will. We didn't really see that much in Endgame. We really didn't Captain see America, much interaction. You mean, Captain America, you mean? Oh, right, Captain yes. Michael, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just very little interaction there. But other than that. We kind of saw that one in Civil War and through oh, the previous. Okay, maybe. Yeah, breaking up was the yep, perfect right. war. So. Okay, you're right, right. Never mind. I'll just show it now. <laughs> How about you? I'm uh, just nitpicking now. Sorry. It's, it's all right. How about you, Rich? Um, any thoughts on uh, Tony Stark and his death? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree uh, a lot of what was already said. I, I think uh, this was the perfect way to end his story, considering that uh, Marvel Phase 1, Iron Man was the first movie. So um, it really did come full circle as far as, you know, you mature the character, you have him, you show him go through all these events, and then to make the ultimate sacrifice at the end, I, I thought that was perfect. Um, one other quick thing I will mention, because you asked also about Captain America. I mean, I don't know if everybody will be satisfied with how that ended, but I was satisfied with how they ended this story. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think it plays on two fronts. You know, for, for, for an audience, a person in the audience that may feel as though they had an opportunity at something that they missed out on. Um, and then also for those that um, just did not really get to pursue certain things that they wanted it, it would give them i guess focus to to really consider doing that because a lot of people don't really get a chance to to pr pursue something that they really wanted you know he wanted to be with be with peggy and i'm glad he was able to get that as an ending especially after all that he has done you know throughout his whole arc you know always doing you know doing what was right to protect the world stuff like that so i was glad he got the happy ending that i feel he deserved but yeah that's the only points I was going to make on that. Indeed. And uh, just real quick about, uh, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man. Um, one thing I really appreciate about his character is, like, he, he's definitely had the best...
character development over the course of all these films because um if you really pay close attention to his, his character from movie to movie he learns like he learns a lot like um you know whenever he's defeated in like a duel or something with a villain or something like he always builds something to to counter how he was defeated like by the next film he'll have new upgrades on his suit that counter whatever happened in the previous film you know so like little things like that i really appreciate um and you know um even in like infinity war like you you see what happens at the end of civil war when uh captain america uses the shield to you know destroy his uh arc reactor and, and stuff on his chest and he has a counter for that in infinity war you know like so he's always learning like he's learning the most throughout all the movies and that's really what helps him you know uh build up to to this exact moment um and you know that's why also because one of the criticisms was that he um he solved the time travel way too quickly but i feel like that's okay like because we've seen him learn so much throughout this entire you know series of films that i think you know um it makes it acceptable so um yeah he's he's just had an amazing growth and um i think it's you know it, it was just epic how they brought it all full circle um and of course you know he had to die to 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 really make endgame impactful you know and uh that's why it is Endgame, you know. So, um, you know, I thought it was either going to be Captain America or Iron Man, but you know, now that I've seen it, it definitely makes sense. You know that it's Iron Man. You know, even though we don't want to see him go, but it makes sense that this all ends with him. You know, so um, well, with, with him going. So yeah, you got both. In a way, Captain America did die. Did got die. Oof. I mean, in a way. He's like an old fart now. He's gonna die. <laughs> no, well, he's, well, he's well, dead on his feet. That's what it is. He's dead on his feet. <laughs> that that iteration of Captain America definitely did die because he did pass the mantle. So it's like mm. the, he, his character is pretty much not relevant anymore. Yeah, he but, had a good send off too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he had he had a terrific send off. He got to live the life he wanted to live. He wanted to go and live his days out with the love of his life, and he was able to do that. And the fact he was able to survive long enough to go back and you know give Sam the shield with, by the way, approval from Bucky, because we yeah. all thought Bucky was going to inherit the shield, but Sam got it, and I was really happy about that. I thought that I really, was a cool yeah, hand. I really love the scene where, um, you know, he, um, you know, Captain America, old Captain America, he, you know, touches Sam's hand and, you know, Sam sees the ring and he's like, hey, you going to tell me about it? He's like, no, I don't think I am. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, just two uh, final questions. So this next question actually came from Dana, our entertainment editor. She made sure that I had this, you know, on my agenda. So, um, I wanted to ask you guys, so like, how does Endgame impact Phase Four? So how how does this shape the next phase of Marvel? Um, you know, and and do you have any thoughts on what you want to see, and you know what what you want to see from uh, the new generation of characters, if you will? Um, so, any quick thoughts on that? Hmm. I I think we're going to see some new arcs, but there are going to be ties. Uh, first off, there was a scene where Captain Marvel was, you know, going to rush the uh, Infinity Gauntlet to um, the, the little portal thing that was set in the van, and she's surrounded by all these female characters. 
I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in the future we saw like an arc in which we see like a female Avengers sort of group get together for their own film down the road. But there were also these seeds planted for what could happen with the Disney Plus series that we're going to see. We're going to see, you know, we're going to see the buddy comedy with the, well, not comedy, I guess, but buddy movie with Sam and Bucky. We're going to see what happens with Wanda uh, dealing with Vision. So there may be reflections from from the movie going into that. Um, obviously, we got the Loki series, too. And who knows, Thor could tie into that. You know, we have Guardians 3 coming in a couple of years. Thor could be involved with that as well. Um, there are just so many seeds planted here that could literally go in any direction. But we're also getting some fresh blood. We're getting the Eternals. Uh, which is going to come in a couple of years, somewhere down the line. Uh, you know, there could be something he hits at Secret Wars because you know Captain Marvel tied in something with the Skrulls. So, I mean, the the cool thing about this is that the possibilities are wide open for what happens next. And I'm sure Kevin Feige and his team have already begun planting those seeds, seeing who could direct here, who could direct there. They know they can't repeat this kind of success, so they're going to go off with something different. I think, while at the same time still involving a lot of the characters who are relevant. Uh, introducing new characters that I think will be good. You know, I, I'm crossing my fingers Wesley Snipes comes back at Blade is, at one point. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, there's always that thing is like with Phase 4, they're taking their time. They're not revealing their full hand, and I can appreciate that. But they're also leaving these things out there that indicate, you know, this could go off a certain way. Obviously, we see Captain Marvel in future films, and I kind of like that. I, I like the fact we, we have questions like after Spider-Man Far From Home, which is technically the end of Phase 3, even though it's kind of wrapped everything up, we're still going to see that this summer. So, I mean, after that, the sky's the limit, and I like the possibilities of what's coming our way. And also, like, what you didn't mention, Robert, is the elephant in the room is that's the whole... 20th Century Fox IPs. Yep. X-Men, Deadpool. Yep, exactly. Are they any can of those... pull that in a great way. Yeah, and it's like, are any of those going to be in Phase 4? Are they in the plans? It's like, it's interesting to see how they will incorporate all of that together because they just got so many more properties that are relevant to this to this universe. And um, and yeah, it's Kevin Feige's got definitely got a lot of work in his hands. And I think Weirdly enough, this might be even more complicated to do than what he already did, which was looks complicated as hell. But um, oh yeah, this yeah. is this is definitely going to be way more complicated because you're talking about bringing in like you know the likes of X Men and Fantastic Four, and which mm. are they're they're basically like their own Avengers like all together mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like so, and they said they take about five years to kind of really start to incorporate them. So I think they have plans like to introduce other side characters like. Um, um, Sien, what was his name? It escapes me. There was another one they're doing with an Asian hero. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. And, you know, they're doing him. They're doing the Eternals. They're, they, who knows? Howard the Duck could get a film again. I mean, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. They're, they're planning things out so carefully here that I don't think they're in a rush to introduce the X-Men. It'll eventually happen maybe with Phase 5, but I'm still excited to see what happens. Yeah, my theory is that with Phase 4, they're probably going to, like, like you said, Robert, they can't really do this again. So they're probably, in my theory, they're going to just focus on single movies that are contained. Obviously, they're part of the larger tapestry and all that, but they're just self-contained movies within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they're going to go that way probably for most of Phase 4 and then maybe start to build up something epic for Phase 5. But you know, just looking at all the projects they have coming, none of them seem like they're trying to go in a very specific direction. So I think it's just more focused character movies, and I think that'll be you know what we're going to see for the next five years or so. 
And I'm fine with that. I yeah, mean, if fine. we can yeah. establish this argument, I mean, if anything, like not to bring these guys up at the DCEU, they kind of learn that when you try to build up something way too quickly, it oh, doesn't yeah. work. So of course now they're doing the things like Aquaman and Shazam, and they're actually starting and to get traction again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. exactly. So I think I think that's going to work for. That's what at least what Marvel's going to do, and they're in the yeah. envial position because they've done the Benga epics. That's work. Now they could go back and do some more uh, smaller scale type mm-hmm. of yeah, thing. and build up something again, and that's exactly. great by me. Yeah, more Winter Soldier, Ant-Man type stuff. Like it's like just contained movies that are yeah, don't exactly. have to be in such a grand scale. And and leave Deadpool by itself. Yeah, you know, if you do a Deadpool three, just leave it out. Don't don't wink at this whole Disney stuff. Just do Deadpool the way you do Deadpool. Yeah, I think um, you know, now that you know we we've come to this grand conclusion of the MCU, right? Well, at least the um the Avengers side of things, um. I think now they they get the chance to start off with a clean slate. I mean, I, I believe that Kevin Feige knows that people they do want an X Men movie, and um, I hope that he goes with the '90s X Men. But I would really love to see that um, in live action. But you know, uh, that pretty much think they got they um, there was some hit and misses on this journey up until this point. But I think pretty much they got the formula down pat as far as the way that they want to tell stories. And you know, I was watching a couple of interviews on last night and today, and it was saying that the process is that they, they always want to go one story at a time, right? And I think now that the, you know, like like everybody said here, you know, it's going to be hard to top what they have done. And I, and just the, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be a long time before we see any other moment like this, although there is, I could see a future where you got X-Men, Fantastic Four. I don't know who else you would throw into the mix. Um, I know everybody wants to see Adam Warlock, but I would really love for um, something with Silver Surfer and um, and um, Galactus to come about because the technology is there now for the large-scale battles to happen. I know that uh, a little bit, well, sometime before they got to this point, that the next the, the next plan was to go they wanted to go uh cosmic to explore more outer space so right now you already got guardians of the galaxy established and now with uh, captain marvel you know they, they could go anywhere with that so who knows what the future holds but yeah i, I think um the future is definitely bright man i mean uh true story you know yesterday i i think i was um came back with my family man and I had to go out to get something i was just looking up to the stars and all that man you know, where else could Marvel go? It was like a surreal moment. Like, I was just, it was like the end game in real life. I'm just looking like, man, you know. It was a Captain game Marvel out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man. I don't know. Nah, man. You know, it's just one of the things that you think about. But it, it's, uh, you know, it's crazy, man. I was just thinking, like, just thinking out loud. Like, man, where could they go? What could they do? You know, because um, if, if you look at the Star Wars movies, other than those first three core movies that came out back in the day, things haven't really been, in my opinion, hasn't really been so good for them. Um, and if you look at what what Marvel has done, you know, it's the future just looks brighter on that side, especially not only for our generation, but for the generations to come. So the next generation, this time will be remembered and they probably will do something like that. But, you know, we don't know how big the scale is going to be by then, you know. And I think by taking the time and pacing stuff out, 
people that may have missed out the beginning of the whole Marvel legacy will be able to catch back up and realize how great the first Iron Man movie was or, you know, catch up on Winter Soldier in case they missed out on it. I mean, I know a lot of people have been along for the ride, but it is kind of nice to have the opportunity to catch up on the legacy. You know, it's like you see something like Star Wars The Force Awakens. A lot of people may not realize... You know, there were these great movies that came out in 77, 80, and 83 that kind of led up to this. They think the prequels were how it started. No, not even close. You know, so being able to, like, have this time to go back and just see, like, oh, okay, now this makes sense, you know. Indeed, yeah. Um, I, I do think it's a good idea to just do, like, standalone movies uh, for, you know, maybe the next year or two. Um, and you can have crossovers within those standalone movies, you know, like you can see uh, characters from one property and another, you know, property. Um, so I think that's a good way to, to, to do it. But um, Dana, since, you know, you, you wanted to ask this question, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, where this is going to go in phase four? Well, like it was previously said, you know, there's going to be a lot of TV shows and upcoming movies behind that but in terms of the avengers that we know today is going to change drastically and i'm very happy that um uh, the dude who got fired and then they brought back who is the writer of guardians of the galaxy who has bright burnout i forgot his name james gunn james gunn yeah. and yeah mm -hmm. yeah I'm very happy that they brought James Gunn back because I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, 3. Um, which is going to be much different. I am. We have Gamora, who doesn't know who any of these people are. And we also have Thor, <laughs> who I strongly believe is going to join them. And I remember there was all, that was also a comic where he joined the, the Guardians. It was like, wait, ask Guardians. Wait, ask who, Guardians. Who, wait, who's Gamora? What? I'm the, Thanos' daughter. God damn well, it. The green, the green girl, man. The green kid. Uh, Zoe yeah, this is, Look, this is the only, like, one of the few rooms, like, that I, that I talked to that would, would would have done what I wanted to do. So, like, when I said, who's Gamora? I expected someone to say, wait, what is Gamora? Or, like, that. Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? <laughs> I tried. It, it didn't work, but it was worth no, a try. I went over my head. You need to say, okay, I'm only going to ask this one more time. Who is, where is Gamora? I got you one better. Who's Gamora? Got you one better. Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Thor's going to join the Guardians of the, Gal of the Galaxy. Um, it's very interesting to see Gamora's not going to be the same Gamora that we know and how well she gets along with the team. And then now she and Nebula are, you know, besties. So that should be interesting to watch. Um, um, I'm not really, the TV shows will be interesting. Um, I know that the WandaVision is supposed to be a 1950s comedy. So to see how they pull that off is, is rather, it's piqued my interest because I also know that it's based on one of the comics. So I, I do look forward to what is going to happen, but I don't think what we're going to ever get the scale that we got with Avengers. And also it's kind of weird because with Thanos, he was supposed to be the big bad God. So to see them going off and, you know, fighting other villains, it just doesn't have that same kind of impact for me. Um, but hopefully they're able to pull it off somehow. So we'll see about that. 
There's always the possibility of bringing in a daughter of Thanos. There's Doctor Doom to consider, Galactus. I mean, there are a number of ways that they could go to keep villains interesting. I mean, like Black Widow alone will have the Taskmaster. So, I mean, there is a lot of possibilities there. Yeah, I would love to see Doctor Doom. And um, with regards to Wanda, I would love to see a House of M like storyline as well. That would be <laughs> that'd be crazy, yeah. I do want to see again take up the whole um, Iron Man mantle thing so, now. I know that, huh? Who? Morgan, his daughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who with him? Also, Ronan's daughter. So that we'll probably end up getting the next generation. Their their children will be part of the team. Maybe, maybe not. But I would like to see that. So we. I think it'll be interesting. I don't know which way they're going, and they're not revealing anything at all which i think is really great because they usually don't you just you know they show you what you show you and you love it anyway see i'm wondering if they'll do, they'll do anything like modok i wonder if they'll bring him into the universe at some point that'd be pretty nuts <laughs> that'd i think so head. <laughs> get a voice like zach alfanakis yeah. or something i don't know that'd be nuts and there's a like i said a lot of possibilities i'm eager to see what they do with it what was that yeah, yeah, um, they could do um, Mr. Sinister as well, um, mm. if they want to go that route, because I think he's a very interesting character. But I will also like to see them do something with um, Miles Morales. In a, I mean, well, we already got the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which was really awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, it was really awesome. Oh, it's incredible. And I would also like to see them do um, Riri Williams' Ironheart. I would love to see them do something with that because I believe in that comic series, Tony Stark, he, I forgot what was going on with him, but he was able to mentor her through, mentor her through his consciousness. Um, with the, like He was like kind of like Friday, how Friday is the, was the AI for Tony Stark, but, you know, it's a, in like a, a more like computerized form, I guess, or whatever. So she, he could talk to him or something like that. So, yeah, I, I think I, I would like to see that. And I think that um, Robert Downey Jr., he, he, I'm not, he's not going to do Iron Man again, but the Tony Stark version of him could, you know, just pop up in movies, whatever, you know, now that he got that freedom. Like flashback or something? Yeah, like a flashback. Or, like or a hologram. hologram. Yeah. Kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi and stuff like that. Rich, uh, you've been quiet. Any thoughts on uh, Phase 4 and what you expect? Oh, no, I think uh, <clears throat> a lot of what has been said is I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, as for uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, I think we can all already have a good idea of the direction they may take that because uh, I know Adam Warlock was teased at the end of Volume 2, and obviously they still have issues. They have to deal with that character at some point. And then, of course... They're looking for Gamora, uh, and Thor is a part of the team. So I think um, we definitely can get an idea of a direction that they may take it unless they go in a different direction. But yeah, um, looking forward to seeing how they implement that. Of course, what they do with the 20th century deal also. But uh, yeah, uh, other than that, I guess I uh, just have to wait and see what these uh, shows are going to be like on Disney+. Plus um, Because... That's probably the soonest that we'll see new content from Marvel in terms of the, the Marvel Comics type of characters. 
And not to mention that uh, we could see the introduction of what is it, Kate, uh, in the Hawkeye series, because Kate's supposed to be, um, you know, Clint's successor, if I recall correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. Kate, yeah, so I'm, that could happen too. I mean, like I said, wide open. Yeah, I would love to see a Wakanda war with a Namor, like for Black Panther. Like that would be cool. Um, oh, I have a question. Um, was after after the snap. Was a was a king of Wakanda ever selected, or what happened with that, or was it just not? I just got brushed aside. That is a good question. Who was left from Wakanda? Um, um Mbaku. Was he there? Was he still there? Yeah, he was there. He was in the battle. He was in the end game. So yeah, he survived the snaps, and he was in the battle. So I assumed like he was doing something with Wakanda while they were trying to figure out what to do about T'Challa. Because five years seems... That's something for the sequel. We might get that addressed in the sequel because we know Ryan Coogler is coming back for a sequel. So Mm. we might get some answers there. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Mm. that'll be interesting. Uh, Real quick, Reggie, you had uh, one final question of your own. Yeah, um, so I saw some uh, stuff about the Hulk. And um, I like like Smart Hulk in the movie. However, uh, I talked to a couple of my friends um, and they were saying that it was kind of the only thing they wish that would happen is if the Hulk could have gotten his run back with Thanos. And I just want to know how everybody felt about that. Yeah, that's it's one of the things I was expecting. I was expecting like a, you know, at least um, some sort of epic brawl between them two again, where uh, Hulk, you know, comes out better. But um, I don't know if I maybe missed uh, something in the in the final battle, but I don't think we ever got that, um, you know, part two to that. That yeah, it it would have been nice to have seen like Hulk versus Thanos without Thanos having the power stone, you know, because I still yeah. believe that's how he was able to defeat him. And also, I kind of wanted Hulk to actually Hulk out. He didn't really do that in this movie, yeah. so I th- I think that was a missed opportunity for sure. You know what? Though I, I think it's made up for in terms of characteristics, um, because you know we we see banner come at peace with the frustrations that he was seeing in infinity war when he couldn't hulk out so he he eventually just accepted this form where he was himself but he was still the hulk and he was fine with that he was happy with it and then we we saw this reflection of him when he was talking to the ancient one by the way big shout out for tilda swinton coming back i know a lot of people prefer like that the role wasn't asian but i still think she did great in the role and i think when he was having a conversation with her we saw this confidence back in him you know there was confusion by the end of infinity war why won't you hulk out come out kind of slapping himself you know but it, it almost seems like an end game he, he was at like a piece of himself and i think a skirmish with thanos kind of would have jarred that a different way i mean it would have been an interesting resolution considering what happened at the beginning of infinity war but i think that wasn't really for his character to have that arc i think that's where iron man came in and captain america smacking him around with a hammer uh, like i said i think there was balance to it but i mean hulk did have his moments bruce banner had his moments you know and even like the ancient one learned something from bruce which we didn't really understand you know we weren't expecting that, were we? We weren't really expecting like the ancient one to have the, anything other than a higher understanding of how the time stone works, and then suddenly realizing, wait a minute, Doctor Strange gave it up for a reason. So I, I kind of like how that path worked. I, I mean, think, it would have been great to well see done. Hulk smash around, but you know, go ahead. Yeah, that that scene was really well done. Um, mm-hmm. So I agree. Um, so yeah, let, let's get to uh, the final question because I don't want this to be as long as Endgame. You know. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so the final question is, what would you rate Endgame? So like, what's your final rating? So uh, I guess we we 
uh, let me see, we'll go um, a rating out of five, I guess. Um, so I'll go to you first, Carlos. Ish, out of out of five, uh, I would give it a four point seven five out of five. Is that fine? Yeah. In terms that's, of that's using uh, decibels. And and is it the best Marvel movie for you? The best MCU movie? <sighs> yes, but I will say this: it's not fair. Especially like I want to give. I want like I was thinking about doing sort of my rankings, my like my MCU rankings of all the Marvel movies that I've seen. I've seen all of them except uh, Captain Marvel. And um, I think it's these Avenger movies and, and, and Civil War are, are kind of not fair compared to sort of Guardians and Winter Soldier because those are just self-contained movies that are like servicing just sort of those characters instead of like a bigger storyline. Um so, yeah, I guess I would say it's probably my favorite. Infinity War was my favorite before that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Four, four point seven five, I think. I don't know if I were to give it out of ten, maybe like a nine point five. I don't know. It's, it's. I'm not good with sort of giving scores, but, but yeah, if I were to give it something, it would be that. Yeah, actually, let's go with the the ten rating because um, I I've already um, seen Tony, so like I want I want him to be able to you know expand on that as well. So I appreciate that, bro. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fuck, yeah. what am I gonna rate this shit? You know, <laughs> we'll go with the ten. So so you would, you said what, Carlos? It was nine what? Uh nine nine point five or nine point seven five, just in between that range. Okay, cool. And how about you, Reggie? A ten, it's no question. A ten. Okay, and is this the best MCU movie for you? Um, yes, um, without a shadow of a doubt. But I would say, if I had to, do, if I, if I'm doing a ranking right now, just a top three, it would be um, um, uh, Endgame, Infinity War, and then uh, Captain America: Civil War. That's how I would go with it because. In my mind, you, the way I think about it is Infinity War, Endgame could not exist without Infinity War, right? So you, you, you have to have it in there. But it, like I said, if I'm going at the top number one right now, um, you know, um, Endgame, is, that, that is, you know, they set the bar. Like I said, they set, the, to me, in my opinion, um, they already had set the bar with um, with the Winter Soldier, and I didn't think that bar could be exceeded. When I saw Infinity War, I said, "Okay, it, this is getting close, right?" And then when they did Endgame, yeah, it just it took it over the top, man. Like, so yeah, it's a ten. That's point blank, period. All right, cool. And how about you, Robert? You know, I, um, I gave a little bit of thought to this because before this, my top five played out like Marvel's The Avengers is my favorite, then Guardians of the Galaxy, then Iron Man, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Avengers Infinity War. But, I mean, Endgame knocked it out of the park for me. Um, like I said, a couple of minor quibbles here and there, but for the most part, it was a film that kept my attention for three hours, didn't have me looking at my phone, kept me intrigued. 
kept me smiling throughout and, you know, made me feel the, the moments that it was supposed to. So if I had to give Avengers Endgame something out of 10, I'd give it an 11. Spinal Tap style. I really thought it was amazing. I thought it was a, a terrific culmination of what has gone down over the last 11 years, and it's amazing. So now it is my favorite Marvel film right now of all time, uh, followed by Marvel's The Avengers, Guardians, Iron Man, and Winter Soldier. Um, I really like how it all came together, and honestly, I can't wait to see it again. Indeed, and it's, it's the best MCU movie for you, right? For right now. Yeah, I mean, anything could change in the future, but, I mean, it, it's it really hard to top. Indeed. Um, so how about you, Rich? Well, uh, definitely hard to uh, think about this. Um, no, not really. Uh, I, I also would have to say, I want to say a 9.5. I mean, I, I, I definitely could, could also give it a 10. I mean, really, it's the callbacks. The fact that, you know, if you've seen all the movies and it takes all that into account, you know, and it took into an account in Infinity War and in this movie. So I would say 9.5, but I will also say, yeah, this is for me the best MCU movie to date for, for now. But yeah, that's my pick. Cool. And how about you, Tano? Nine point nine 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 for the simple fact that Captain Marvel was basically useless. <laughs> um, that angered me because she was like, "Oh, it's the big strong one, and she's the biggest one of them all. She's gonna defeat." And then she, all she did was like punch a ship and save Tony, and like that was it. So she, she, technically, she didn't punch it; she flew through the thing twice. So twice, Iron Man could have did that, but okay. Um, Just saying. <laughs> So she was she was useless. The whole thing with the cat and the tesseract. So because of that, it gets a nine 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 nine. But I will say this: I appreciate every single thing that they did with this movie, even though they screwed up some parts. And I appreciate how it felt like a movie within a movie. So it was like reliving the past again and just taking us on that journey to remind us of very important events that hap that happened in the previous movies. So I appreciate that very much so, and, and it would have been that 10 if it wasn't for Captain Marvel. Okay, and it's the best MCU movie for you? No. no. Um, Which one is See, here's the weird thing. I can't count Endgame without saying Infinity. So for me, it's the Infinity Saga. So it's both of them together are tied at number one. Because without okay. number, without Endgame, without um, the Infinity Stone, Infinity War, you won't have Endgame and vice versa. So yeah, and then without Endgame, you won't have the other events. So for me, um, yeah, but both you can't have either of these movies without Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Let's> go point. <laughs> yeah. All right, and how about you, uh, Tony? Yeah, you know me. I don't. I don't give anything uh, ten out of ten. Nothing's perfect. Uh, so my highest score is nine point five because I also don't like those. Like, oh, nine point six, nine point. Like, get the fuck that shit out of here. Nine point five. Um, as for is it my favorite Marvel movie, Marvel MCU movie? No, that still goes to the first Avengers, just because of the fact that the first Avengers movie. I've been waiting for that most of my life, and just seeing all you know, the culmination of that 
was like seeing that you know pretty much like a comic book story arc come to life so um even though i will agree that infinity war slash endgame because i really do see it as one movie is the uh objectively best uh mcu movie it does it doesn't have that same feel for me because it's just the avengers you know that same feel like oh shit all these characters are finally coming together but just on a grander scale but it, it still doesn't capture that same like sense of awe that i had and then at the end of, of avengers when you finally see thanos i've been waiting to see him on screen for years you know so that, like yeah. see him coming from the page to the screen that's a that's a feeling i really doubt i will ever see replicated in any film um but yeah 9.54 end game slash infinity war but my favorite will always be the original avengers movie yo tony what up you said you never had that feeling again no, but you didn't. Get, you didn't get that feeling during Batman versus Superman. Fuck no, get that shit out of here. Carlos <laughs> always have to bring this up whenever we talk about fucking comic movies. He always brings up that trash ass shit. Always, <laughs> man. He he knows he trolls me, son. He trolls me. <laughs> now I know what to use against Tony on the next podcast. No, Robert, I will. I will. I will mute your mic. I will snap you out of existence, <laughs> man. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, um, my rating is actually 9.5 as well. Um, I feel like my rating might change if I see it again. Like, I, I right now, I just really want to see Endgame again. Um, but um, as it stands now, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Um, I definitely would put Infinity War just um, a, a step above it. Um, but yeah, incredible movie, no doubt. And, um, you know, just the fact that 11 years led up to to this film um and they wrapped it up uh you know nice and neat um I, I think it's a hell of a of an achievement you know um and we like we may never see anything like this done again so yeah. yo gary what's up here's the ultimate question would there would your rating would your rating have gone higher if they used uh overwatch instead of fortnite yeah oh, it was instant 10 right there <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm just gonna say this. This is like kind of off topic, but my only regret is this movie came at the wrong weekend, man. Because as I was watching it, I had a, I had something else on my mind, and I'm even do- doing this podcast. I have something else on my mind. Game of Thrones, like, like, they, like they launched this movie at the wrong fucking time, son. Because as, as hyped as I was for Endgame, I'm way more hyped for Game of Thrones. But that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah, know? that's all we need, man. Is more Starks dropping dead. Thanks a yeah. lot. <laughs> I'm a, I, yeah, I'm a, yeah, right. Yeah, we saw a lot of Starks dying. I'm going to get over here and start crying like Reggie and shit, you know? <laughs> yo, yo. Hey, love you, man. We love you, man. You know, it's going to be a hard time, man. It, it's definitely the hip-hop gamer approach is all. That's all. It just sounds yeah, just that, like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. We, we've really been spoiled this week, man. Endgame totally. and then Game of Thrones. Like, well, wow. over the past few months, I mean, if we take a look at the past few months in general, we've been spoiled. We've gotten what? Two really good, well, two good DC movies. Some people say Aquaman's that good, but whatever. The best live-action Transformers movie, an amazing Spider-Man animated film, Captain Marvel, and now Endgame. We've been getting some great nerd-style movies lately. It's really something. Do you think we're going to see a comic book movie crash, like where there's just going to be too much? It's going to be too saturated? It's hard to say. It depends on the tone. Because you know how some people, you know, like, oh, Thor the Dark World's coming on. I'm going to take a nap, you know, during the 36-hour marathon. Like, there, there'll be some low points, but they're still going to make mad money for, you know, whoever's behind them. All right. Okay, well, um, 
anyone else got uh, anything quickly to bring up before we get out of here? Any final words? No, man. Go. You know, obviously, I, I was gonna say go see the movie. If, you, if you're watching this podcast, I haven't seen the movie. Uh, unless you're Austin, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um. No. Nah, no. Nah, the movie was dope, man. That's all I got to say. It was fucking awesome. It really leads up to what I'm expecting for Far From Home, too, because you're going to have that whole Stark fallout thing, and then you're going to introduce Mysterio into the fold, and that might also help you know, pave the way for what's coming for Phase 4 as well, if Sony continues to work with Marvel. You never know. Everyone, everyone is uh, pretty sad that Tony Stark is dead, except mm-hmm. for Disney, because they don't have to pay Robert Downey Jr. that exceedingly amount of money to be in the role. <laughs> Oh, they're going to miss him too, though. I mean, like, he's a major draw for the box. I mean, when they did the whole, oh, I love the thing at the end where they did the sign offs with the original Avengers ca- uh, cast members. Oh, did, and, and Robert Downey Jr. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. And they topped off with Robert Downey Jr. So yeah. say what you want about him. He earned that money, just like Kevin and, Feige. Give him a gold Lamborghini each day. Because, holy oh, shit. La- last la- quick thing. Did you guys <laughs> stick around after the end credits? Did you hear the yes. hammer and the anvil? Yeah. Like that, a yeah, call yeah. back to Iron Man. It Fucking was so awesome. good. You didn't even yeah. need like a post credit scene. People were like, well, where that's it? No post credit. Like, yeah. that's a callback, son. Are yeah, you that not was listening? great. That was great. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, with the- by the way, some people were trolling. Like, yo, you hear Wolverine's claws pop. <laughs> <It's> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> that's deadpool he's masturbating <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> but yeah that was our review of uh avengers endgame hope you guys enjoyed it i definitely enjoyed you know talking about it um it's been so hard not to talk openly about it uh for so long because you know we have a few group chats where we've just been waiting for people for everyone to see the movie and stuff so feels great to finally just you know talk openly about the film so uh this has been great um thank you everyone for listening shouts to everyone who joined in the chat and uh just a quick shout to our patreon supporters m collins mauricio aguilar him dill fergus mills miguel antonio rogers and sean gorty uh we appreciate your continued support of the show and everything and uh that's pretty much it from us um you know until Till next time, the co-op podcast will return next week, so look out for that. Um, but that's it. See you later. Peace.